Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know, it's been a huge or big week in gaming. I'm into golf for episode 49 on Sunday, the 20th of June, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Howdy. And the won't purchase more games this year and finally hitting his backlog gamer, anti-gamer, quitting coffee, continuing to drink coffee, Mike. Hello, everyone. I don't like how you modify my run show. I need to lock this cells down. In this week's show, we'll be discussing all the cool shit from Nintendo and Xbox and Square Enix's E3 showings. We rank the official E3, the official, not our official, the official E3 tier list. And finally, our wrap-up of E3 2021 with our favorite highlights, disappointments, and more. Always, if you want to follow us on socials, find us at Pod. Uh, just, you know, some exciting stuff that's coming up, boys, that we've got our game of some of the year, 2011 Determination. It's been about mm-hmm. a year in the making. Mm. We will crown yes. the number one game of 2011. Wait, uh, we will? I thought we had. <laughs> Jay, this is, this is the magic of showbiz. <laughs> um, so that we can episode... travel back in time and do it, okay? Jeez. <laughs> yes, we did record it before E3 because we knew it was going to get busy. It was a massive scheduling error on my part to schedule the determination <laughs> in the week of E3. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Um, so that episode will go live on Wednesday, the 23rd of June. So on YouTube and our podcast feed. And also you should check out on Twitch or YouTube, as always, Big Wig Pod. Uh, our Xbox and Nintendo reactions. I did show my wife my reaction to Metroid Dread, which she thought was quite funny, <laughs> how insane <laughs> and intense I was getting about it. Um, Twinny, w- what has your gaming week been like this week? My gaming week has been a little quiet, um, but a little quiet week for me is still probably a pretty busy gaming week for, for you guys, or at least you into got usually, so... I've played quite a bit of Borderlands 3, but I'm not going to talk about it this week. Uh, we're busy and also um, I just want to be, you know, get a bit more into it before I kind of give my thoughts. Also started a game called Arafel, which is actually pretty neat. It's like a SNES-style RPG, turn-based battler, that uh, looks really cool pretty early on. I'll probably talk about that next week as well. But the only game that I kind of will talk a little bit about today is game that you guys probably have never heard of if you have i'd be surprised it's called regions of ruin so nope never heard of it no no never never heard of it i was on mute (laughs) never heard of it (laughs) yeah so this game kind of took me by surprise because um you look at it and it's basically a very unassuming looking 2d sprite kind of it's like a town building action rpg like you build up your town you get you recruit like people and then you send them out to like go farm things and stuff but then it's an action rpg we're going through levels hacking enemies and everything it's really really mm, fun that could be cool yeah it, but you look at it and it's very it's very simple 2d sprites it's not mm-hmm. even like you know 2d artwork can be amazing and so mm. beautiful and this is very simple but it fits um so i'd yeah it's been really cool it's made by vox games which is a small indie dev based in both australia and spain so i don't know how yeah. that works but awesome. um yeah and uh it's on ps4 xbox spain, one australia 
yeah, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It actually came out originally in 2017, likely on, I imagine, on PC in maybe in early access. I'm not sure, but I'm mm. just thinking the timeline because the console ports hit late 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's a game that it's, look, it's just got some some cool stuff. It's got really satisfying critical hits. Like, it sounds funny, but it's just like you'll hit people in the air with critical hits and it'll slow down. And it's like, oh, oh cool. man, it just mm. feels cool. Um, really cool secrets. It's kind of like Fez-like in how Ooh. it gives you clues in the world. So you'll see like ru- uh, runes lit up like in certain parts of the level and you'll go yeah. back to a puzzle and and it'll give you the, the clues and stuff. Uh, honestly, That's- I really... Really recommend it for anyone that just wants a fun game you can play in short sessions as well because mm-hmm. the way it works is you've got this world map that you go out and explore different areas and it's all, like, built. It's not, like, randomized or anything. Um, and each world, like, each little area is really small that you can beat generally within, like, a couple of minutes or maybe even a minute sometimes. And you can just, like pick up and play and just clear a couple of areas when you're bored and go back to it and stuff. So I really recommend it. Nice, nice. Good, good, nice. Would be a good Switch game. Okay. Yeah, I've been playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze as we do. It's a final game of our Donkey Kong Country review re- retrospective series. So we are going to... I'm just trying to bring up a schedule, actually. I don't know where the schedule's gone. Oh, wait, it's in blue. Um... So for the for Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary, we've sequenced it for that date. So episode 52, so the 11th of July, uh, we'll have our Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze retrospective. And that's also, yeah, like I said, coinciding with Donkey Kong's uh, 40th anniversary. So I've been playing through that. That's, yeah, I'll keep my thoughts to myself at that stage, I guess. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Uh, finished that game. Very, very cool game. I've got the... Re- like, I, I could have done a review this week, but just given how busy we'll be with E3 and the official, you know, Jeff and the ESA have put it upon us to put the official tier list together of all the presentations. <laughs> um, you know, like, obviously, we have to bump the Rift Apart review. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, look, the thing is, if, you, if you're if you looking for a PS5 game to get, it's a pretty obvious pick. And I do think it's probably going to go into the uh, Game of the Year, like, nominees. So it's probably going to be one of the Game of the Year nominees, I'd say, by the end of the year. And uh, yeah, I break out this little device. I don't know if you guys can see it. Oh yeah, my 3ds, the new three. This is the best 3ds you can buy. This is the new 3ds, but this is not the XL one. So this is the uh-huh. one where you can change the face plates. Um, oh, cool. And which is not very common in the US actually, but it was really common over here. And I'm playing Metroid Zero Mission. Nice. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to start playing through all the Metroid series, as we'll talk about shortly. Uh, and then with you, Mike, what have you been playing? Uh, mine's pretty short. Uh, got back into The Witcher 3. It's it's again one of those games just like Skyrim where I sunk in probably hundreds of hours really but never fully finished it. So I'm playing the Switch slash PC version because I think I spoke about it a while ago yeah. how you can go between them. Yeah, I've got, I've got that on Switch as well now. So cool. It is actually... I went back to it again and I'm, I'm still just really surprised by how cool it is on that on that platform and then uh i also gave um metro last light a crack because i i'm going through basically my backlog of games and that was mainly because on pc i've been playing metro exodus which i've also had since launch i think or close to launch i bought it and never got around to actually 
I, I played the intro, that's it. So I've been playing that, and it's an amazing game. I'm still just blown away by DLSS and ray tracing. The fact that with this game, you can have ray tracing on, have DLSS, have it looking crisp at 1440p, and it still runs super smooth. Besides, like, there's a couple of small, you know, jitters here here and there uh, that probably could have been optimized, but the game looks incredible, and I love those kind of games, which is why I'm going to be super excited to talk about Stalker in a bit. <laughs> i got to say, like, again, like, I'm not... Ray tracing, because there's a lot of ray tracing in Rift Apart, it's, uh, like, I, I'm not sure I really oh. even know the difference, but DLSS oh, is yeah, insane. It's super it's, insane. It's insane. It, like, I really struggle to see the difference between non-DLSS and having it on, on, like, equal settings. But then the fact nuts. that you get that frame boost, oh, it's like it's 20 such, frames per second on my system. It's insane. On mine, I reckon it's way more than that. So... I tried, okay, it's hard to make the, comp- actually, no, I could. I, I made the comparisons on a 2070 uh, with it on and off, and it was just miles apart in yeah. terms of frame rate. It's There's crazy. so many more settings that you can enable yeah, it's to so get a, a decent frame rate. It's it's super good. It's, I love it. It, it, makes, but, uh, yeah, it makes a huge difference. It, it does. Difference. I, think, I think ray tracing is, is, it's one of those, how do I put it? Uh, it's subtle, you guys man. remember that episode in Futurama when Bender's floating through space and he, he becomes a god to the little people on him. Yeah. And then they start a nuclear war and blow each other up, and then he's alone again, and then he meets yeah. God. And God says something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, um, you can be sure you've done things right when people don't know you've done anything at all. And it's I feel like it's that with ray tracing. You take it for granted when you use it because it just enhances everything and makes it more real in terms of the way it it. It does the lights, the reflection, etc. But it's one of those things where you don't really actively notice it. If like a frame rate, you notice the frame rate straight away. Oh my yeah. god, it's running shit. That's it. It's a binary thing. It's either good or bad. But with that, when it's done right, you don't even think about it because it's so goddamn good. Playing Call of the Sea with ray tracing on is like a completely different game visually than. Mm. It is beautiful original. when you have it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but that's also like that's a very stylistic game. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of maybe it's more noticeable because they're able to make it look more unrealistic and take it like basically push it out more as opposed to something where it's like, well, we don't want to make it look too fake, you know, by over enhancing this stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, no, just- but in Metro, it's it's brilliantly implemented. It's, yeah. It's, I wouldn't say photorealistic, but some scenes you're like, whoa, that looks incredible. I mean, just to wrap it up, because we do have a big Yeah, show, let's wrap it up. Um, let's let's but, you know, and, and just to give a taster for the game of some other year, Determination, which is Wednesday, you know, like I did also mention it in the Minecraft segment that like mm. for me, that was the most impressive use of ray tracing. But because it's so stylized, it's so obvious, the ray tracing yeah, in that yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I got to give, I got to sort of, you know, allow the time for people to get their heads around how to really optimize and use the tech and sort of the approach. All right, we've got a big show, so let's jump into the first news item, and I'm appropriately dressed for it. In perhaps the biggest news story of the Nintendo Direct, Nintendo announced the first 2D Metroid, not 2.5D Metroid sequel, in 19 years, Metroid Dread. Coming on the 8th of October, 2021, which I will talk about in a second because this is something annoying for me, uh, to the Switch, <laughs> developed by Mercury Steam. So they previously worked on 2017's Metroid Samus Returns, a remake of Metroid 2. 
Uh, the game is you know, Metroid 5 in terms of the lineage of the 2D Metro games, direct sequel to Metroid Fusion. Uh, in terms of like the title itself, it's pretty amazing given that this is something that even Sweeney and I had talked about, you know, literally like 20 years ago, uh, a game in Metroid Prime, uh, sorry, Metroid Dread meaning to come out in uh, for the Nintendo DS, probably in 2005, six, And then it was also mentioned in 2007's Metro Prime 3 in the US version, but then they removed it in the Japanese version. Um, al- along with like the trailer, there was a lot of stuff that uh, was displayed in the Nintendo Treehouse stream, which was really, really cool. Some of the really like key details is that it's the closing of the Metroid and Samus interconnected arc of the story. Uh, but I'm very happy to hear that Sakamoto, who is the series sort of custodian, series producer, and worked on the first game as a character designer, that he, he you know, wanted to calm everyone down and say, no, there will be more 2D Metroid games. And they're already like, he's kind of hinting that they're already talking about the next episode, which I'm like super excited. And you can go check out the reaction. I got very excited in this and Mike got very excited that he was right in his prediction, which we'll cover later in the show. But there's a whole host of features. I'm really excited for this. Swinney, uh, how did this hit you? Especially, you know, given you know the history of the whole Metroid Dread thing, how did it hit you with the the direct? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Now <laughs> nah, this is awesome of course um check out our yeah check out our react live reaction to see some honest just like surprise now we yeah you should you, see the bars that went up and down on him yeah, you had oh both, my God. you had both <laughs> said that there was likely to be a 2d metroid um announced at this show and you're both correct and we'll get into our e3 predictions uh, later when we wrap up at the end of the show but this is just, this is fantastic. Um, this is what I think everyone that's a fan of the Metroid series would have wanted, um, which is a snazzy new entry that's a direct sequel. It's just fantastic to get that final. And and you're sort of playing catch up on Metroid, aren't you, Mike? You've kind of yeah. gone in a weird way, like Metroid. That's 1986. Genuinely defined a whole genre, and then Castlevania kind of like snuck in and got the Metroidvania thing. I still object to that. Um, they're all Metroid likes, um, but yeah, you've kind of gone the other way around where you've played all these other Metroidvanias and now you're looping back yeah. to Metroid itself. Cause you played super Metroid within the last six months, right? Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It was really cool. Yeah. But you, ha- you haven't played one. zero mission, Samus returns or return of Samus and nope. you haven't played fusion. Nope. Okay. Interesting. Or prime. Yeah. Prime's a different series though. Okay. So they don't count. Cool. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, you know, like, you look, I'm wearing it. Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time, Metroid 3. Um, I I think a lot of people, though, would say Zero Mission is the best Metroid game. I'm currently playing that at the moment. So that's a remake on the Game Boy Advance. Okay. And, you know, I have to admit, like, breaking out my 3DS, I was like, why are all the Metroid games not on the Switch? Mm. Just seems I know, that's the me. part I don't get either. Absolutely, I, I don't get it. I but back to this actual game, mm. um, I'm actually really excited by it because loved Super Metroid when I played it, um, so I can totally see how I could get into the entire series. Plus, it's very reminiscent of Shadow Complex. Something about it. 
and I love Shadow Complex. Well, so. Shadow Complex is obviously it's, I know it's inspired. I know <laughs> no, but that. But visually, like, visually, it is visually very aesthetic. Something about something about yeah. it, and just something about the the I don't know the the faster paced gameplay. I don't know. I think I think it'd be really cool. I'm I'm really excited for oh, it. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Unfortunately, cool. bloody hell, I don't have the ability to buy one this year. So So we should talk about this. So we should talk about this. So you can't buy it because you've got your stupid, uh, I, I do a games podcast and I'm not going to buy any games for the year. Like idiotic no, I'm just going to go through the backlog. And then with me, I've bought the special edition. I've gone oh, crazy. <laughs> the Amiibo, 50 the Amiibos, Amiibos, everything, just in case one of them doesn't come. Like I've gone insane, right? And then <clears throat> I put it in my well, diary. This is what I do. Are, I'm, I, you know, you guys know that I'm a bit of a freak with planning and all this other kind of stuff. Yes. So I put it in my diary to pick up the game, right? That's what uh, I normally yeah, do. I see where this is going. So I put it in my diary on the 8th of October, pick up, you know, and it's I'm in Sydney, so I pick it up from my local EB. I'm very close to them. And I put it in and then I look above the entry, right? Like two hours before... Flying to Melbourne. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. There's like zero ability for me to pick this game up. And then I'm like, oh my God, what am can I going to do? He's going to buy another get, copy. Can you not get your pre-order transferred to a Melbourne store? I can, but, you know, I get very nervous about that because it's like... No, keep, keep it. Keep it. And then if on the day you can get another copy, get that copy from Melbourne and then just cancel your pre-order over there. But I'm getting the special edition. Okay. I hate to, to do this to EB Games. I apologize in advance. Get a copy of Melbourne of the standard one and then just return it in Sydney. You know, that's what my wife suggested to do. Of course she did. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's I'm, a bit evil. I don't, I t- I don't like doing I'm that. I'm actually very patient, so I can wait. But it was just more just disappointing that, you know, I've been waiting for like legit 20 years for this to come out and I just need to wait another couple of more days. Okay, here's here's another so, wait, 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 idea. So whoa, whoa, you, you whoa, can't buy it. Wait, wait, you can't yeah. buy it. I can't pick mine up. And, so I might take the day off on Monday now. I wasn't yeah. going to, but now I probably will. Okay. Swinney, are you getting the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I can play your copy. No, but he's going to play his copy. Here's a better idea. Here's a much better idea. Why'd you shut that down so quickly on me? Because here's a better idea. Hang on, hang on. Hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. My birthday will be coming soon enough. No, it's November. How about you guys get me a copy, and then you got you can just play that copy while you're here, Mike. How about you just play it when you leave, Mike? Why don't you just buy the game? I'm not allowed. I made myself a promise. Why are you not allowed? I made myself a promise, so now I'm trying to scare my friends out of getting me a copy. <laughs> <laughs> if you make yourself a promise, try to work around that promise. That makes Look, the I tried, promise. and Game, game Maker Garage was easy because it wasn't a game. Game Builder Garage. Clearly so I like game. how you're, you're correcting me last game, week now. Game Builder Garage, you. sorry. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, we're, we're obviously all looking forward to it, and I might have to break my... my uh, just give it up if you're going to break it in the future. Promise. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just going to see. I, I want to see what it takes to break it. Okay, all right. Let's let's yeah. keep talking so about get, this. Getting, right getting back to Metroid Dread, which, like, you know, as I said, I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's just some of the things to call out that... Because Metroid Fusion, I do, I do love that game. That's kind of like a 9 out of 10 game for me. But there were elements of it that I was a bit like... It didn't click as well with me. And number one is, you know, with Super Metroid, it felt very open... 
you, you never was really corralled into doing things. There is kind of a set structure. You can, you know, break the game as well and skip certain portions. But, you know, it, it didn't ever feel like do A, do B, then C, do, like, you know, being told what to do. And obviously with Fusion, the way the story was structured and the way the game was structured, it made it feel more linear. Like you had Adam and it was sort of directing you, which was like the ship computer, directing you to do A, B, and C, and then unlocking, you know, your suit and things like that. And it was really exciting to me. And it was kind of a bit, you have to read between the lines, but even in the treehouse, they spoke about Adam being in this game, but they were very explicit to go, but Adam is just there to tell you law, not to tell you what to do or to direct uh, you to do okay, something. And cool. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, and the other ones, because, you know, if you watch the stream and then watching the VOD afterwards, the game looks really smooth and everything, but I think it was like 30 frames per second. Uh, and it did get me a but, bit nervous because Samus Returns on the 3DS was running at 30 frames per second, which is suboptimal. It never felt like bad. It was pretty solid 30 frames per second, but they've already confirmed that this game's going to run at 60 frames per second. So I don't know. It just, everything to me is pointing in the right direction. Were there any other call outs that you wanted to make, Swinny? Oh, look, it's, I think this looks like it's going to be a blast to play. Um, Mm. I mentioned it before. I think that it is a. I hope. I don't think they will, but I hope that they clean it up a little bit visually. I think it's just knowing that you know, seeing games like the Prime series and stuff. This just to me, just there's elements of it that just look a little rough. It looks like a upres 3D. Uh, sorry, 3DS game. But I understand that if they're using the same uh, engine and everything. So I'm super excited. I just, yeah, I just hope that maybe, maybe it's just the areas that they're showing kind of don't come across as well, um, you know, as when you're playing it on the on the actual uh, Switch. So I do, I do know what you mean, though. I wonder if that's also the engine, but also just to keep it at 60. Possibly. They must possibly, have had a balance yeah. to try to, to get the performance as well. Uh, it does look- much... I'd much rather keep it at 60 and at that fidelity, don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. And look, handheld mode, I reckon you want, you'd be impressed when it actually comes Oh, yeah, comes it'd be out. fine. I mean, yeah. Samus Returns looked cool, you know, and that was on 3DS. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, look, and I don't necessarily disagree. Like, you know, my dream would have been this being a 2D sprite game. But, I, you know, I understand why they build it like this. And, you know, they do take advantage of some cool stuff in terms of the lighting and those kind of mm-hmm. effects that look really cool. And then also, you know, if you watch the treehouse, you can see that there's sequences in the game itself that change the axis of the camera. So it's sort of, you know, going to the 3D perspective and like more like a 2.5D, you know, gameplay style. The other mm-hmm. thing is like, and they did say this in the treehouse that they're not showing all the biomes in this game yet. So like they cool. showed a bit of a lava one, which looked really different. And it did sound like they're going to really have lots of different environments. It's also like the game's a bit different because you start from the core of the planet and move your way up. Mm. So it's yeah, kind they of, did mention that, I remember. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, I had some theories about like what's going on. It, look, I, I don't want to, I guess, spoil the story of Metroid Fusion, but there is some stuff around DNA and, you know, the ex-parasite. It's, it's, okay. it's like, been twenty. It's been twenty years. No, I'm no, sure. I'm hey, not a believer hey. in spoilers. I'm just yeah. Like, don't spoil know. it. I haven't played them yet. I, I, it's, okay, I object to this, Winnie, because the thing is, 
There's, Do we really Im- have time to talk about this? No, we don't. <laughs> no, well, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. You brought your little statement out. So I, I just to like you trying to pick uh, game game spoilers from. Let's have our own treehouse for the podcast <laughs> and talk about it offline. Yeah. Look. So. You know, in these Emmy robots, they're research robots, and they do something. They they sit in the in the direct in the treehouse. They extract DNA from unknown creatures. So, yeah, look, it, it's got to be something to do with that from a story perspective. So, look, the the only thing I would say about those robots is, I don't know what I don't I don't know how to feel about it because what I liked about some of those games is you can take your time, you can enjoy the area. I know it adds a certain gameplay element to it. But it also adds a bit of anxiety having to run around through certain areas. So I'm hoping that it's a temporary thing and then you can come back to those areas when those robots aren't there and actually enjoy it properly. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of dislike that in some games when you rush through things because you're constantly being chased by something. Yeah, so because I had the same concern as you. Because if you just watch the direct, it wasn't to me very clear where the Emmy robots come into the picture. But watching the treehouse, what it is, is there's this almost like pixelated doors that you enter in and that's an Emmy zone. So that whole zone, that's where the Emmy robot is. Okay. And once you, like, so they even showed in the uh, direct and in the treehouse that you can kill them, these robots. Okay. And once they're cool, killed, cool. I believe like they're gone forever. Okay, so, but obviously uh, that'd be really hard to kill, so you can't just... Well, I don't think you can kill them without, like, a special... Like, ah, uh, like, like a set cannon. piece? Yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah. Or so a special also, cannon. Like, okay. Also, the last, the last two Metroid games have had elements of you being stalked, so... Okay. done well. So... That okay, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. It, so. And look, some games I, I enjoyed, like Alien Isolation, love that game, and that was all about being stalked, so... Yeah. Like, and the final thing, and, you know, the Amiibo looks... So good. It sold out everywhere, like, instantly, which mm. kind of sucks if you wanted to pick it up. Uh, the last thing I wanted to just mention is there's a fame, well, like, a, probably an infamous thing now with the mm-hmm. Metro games that depending on how quickly you beat them, are you beating it with 100%, it's all correlated to how undressed Samus, and Samus is a protagonist, she's a female. Yeah, I remember reading about that, How she's, like, yeah. less dressed at the the end of the game. So you see, like, an image of her. That. or They did it in Samus Returns. Which I was kind of surprised about. Now, this game has got a hell of a lot more attention. So, Winnie, I reckon this might be the first game where they do away with that. Or they tone it down so much. I reckon they'll do it. I mean, it's like, I don't think... I don't think Nintendo's changed that much. Maybe it could be done tastefully uh, by today's standards, I suppose. It's generally done pretty tasteful. There's a couple of times in... The games, like I think the GBA games, are so okay. Well, that's very gratuitous, but uh, generally it's done pretty tastefully. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, and not it's more super like gratuitous. Hey, it's more like oh, I I get I get to see more of, of Simmons's body. It's more like oh, you get to see more of the character. That's mm. what it is. It's like that's what it's generally um, portrayed as, especially in like the Prime games and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's probably the most tasteful in the Prime games, but it, it's a little bit creepy. Like, I, I don't mind it. It's a serious staple for me. It's it's from the very first game. And there's, like, a twist in the game, obviously, that Samus is a girl, not a guy. And even in the manual, they say it's a, it's a guy. Like, they're ah. purposely trying to trick the player. Awesome twist. Thinking it's a guy, so... Is, I mean, that, that was an homage to to Alien? 100%. That's uh, why it's Ripley. Ripley. That's why it's Ripley. That's why it's there. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's okay. heavily inspired by that. Even, like, Super Metroid's more inspired by the Alien series. So, yeah, look, I, I'm, like... Super, super pumped for this. I don't know. I might buy a copy and then 
give it to someone or I don't know, return it or whatever. Pick me, pick me. Feel bad bad for that. Pick me, pick me. All right, well, let's go into our next bit of major news coming from the Nintendo Direct. And it is the Breath of the Wild 2, or as they wanted it to be called, the sequel to the Breath of the Wild. No, uh, sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the <laughs> yes, Wild. It's true. Breath of the and Wild you know, they actually, they actually get antsy with the press when they say Breath of the Wild 2. They correct them. Because they say no, it's no, not, no, it's it not the sequel. It's not the Breath it's not Breath of the Wild 2. It's got a totally different name. It's not Breath of the Wild 2, the name of it. And they won't tell us the name. Uh, uh. but probably one of the things that was a tad disappointing for me is that uh they've given it a 2022 release window. Then if you go into the press release, you actually see that they've framed it as they're aiming for a 2022 release. I call I said that in the actual one we're doing mm. the live thing that it's only aiming for 2022. That's Might what not even I be actually said in the, in the Okay, scene, sorry John. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry Sweeney. Um yeah, look you know, they've got a history of the Zelda team and not in a negative way. I, I'm always a huge fan. Just make sure the game is done. But I don't see this game coming out in 2022. I think it'd be to the wire coming out in November oh, 2022, which is honestly, kind of there's there's enough good games in 2022 that are supposed to be coming out that how many more do you need? I think <laughs> it'll have time w- to play it. I think it will because they've um they're working on an existing engine. They're probably gonna have a lot of assets that yeah, can reuse. I think so too. It looked what it they showed off, already. yeah. What they showed off looked like the game was pretty far along. Mm. So I reckon twenty twenty two is fine, but yeah, late twenty twenty two makes sense. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like I always felt very firmly that it was going to be like March twenty twenty two, and maybe you know when you think about COVID and everything like that, maybe that was the original date and it got pushed out. I I just think there's a real realistic chance we'll get into twenty twenty three. Looks like they've been insanely ambitious in this game. Now, like, it's funny because there's only a minute and a half trailer, but it's been pulled apart in, like, 50 different ways. And, and, you know, a lot of the thinking that people have around the trailer and the game itself, I think it's quite interesting, actually. Like, there's a few things, like, you never see the link that is in the sky. Like, because, you know, sky traversal is going to be massive in this game, as, as they said in this direct. And there's, like, a lot of locations that are up in the sky. There's new abilities that bring you into the sky. And, you know, there's some pretty obvious homages to uh, Skyward Sword in terms of when he's, like, Link's jumping out into, like, the Sky territory. And I'm kind of on board with people's thinking that it's not the same Link in this game. Like, there's there's two different Links in this game. Like, it does look different. One of the Links with, like, a slightly longer hair and just a different sort of look and feel. I kind mm. of do wonder if, hey, you know, is this going to be... A game where, you know, you're playing as one Link maybe thousand years before, sort of at the start of the whole oh, Zelda lore, cool, cool. and then yeah. another Link that's sort of like in the Breath of the Wild timeline. And then for bonus points, maybe playing as Zelda in the dungeons underneath the caves of uh, Hyrule Castle. Maybe. So it was a very cool trailer. I love the trailer. I thought it was really, really cool. Maybe one of them is Zelda. No, no. You know, they, people did think that when they saw uh, Breath of the Wild footage they thought it was zelda just because he he looks a little bit you know feminine so but what jumped out at you swinney um honestly for me it's hard to tell exactly what is new and what isn't in this because i haven't played through that for a while yeah 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 so there's stuff that's oh that's new you know and obviously the sky stuff um but look i mean it just like breath of the wild it looks cool um i just 
I just don't know if the game design will gel with me just like Breath of yeah. the Wild hasn't yet. Um, I hope there is more dungeons, I really hope, because that's the stuff I love about Zelda. The overworld stuff is great, but the dungeons are what makes those games special, and it's what I felt the most, I guess, disconnected from with Breath of the Wild. So, I've yeah, but obviously for people who love Breath of the Wild, I think this is the best... Um, you know, we obviously this is not news, but just seeing more of the game is is great for them. So. Yeah. Well, without like you know, you know that I'm a Nintendo nerd, so there was an Aussie guy. He's a game developer here, and he actually he was on a podcast. I don't think he should have been talking about this stuff. I think he'd probably get in trouble if it got too public. But I just, I don't know. It's one of those random things. You listen to a podcast and you go, oh wow, he's talking about stuff he probably shouldn't. But he actually interviewed at Nintendo to join the Zelda team as a dungeon maker, like to make, like specifically just to make dungeons. That was the whole job that they were interviewing for. And he wasn't successful just because his Japanese wasn't as at the high level that they expected. Um, which, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, that wasn't clear pr- prior to the interview. Right. But that is a very specific job description. Mm. Must speak fluent Japanese and know how to make dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm very positive that they're going to go harder on the dungeon part, but also I love Nintendo because when when you think they should zig, they zag. So you know everyone, everyone, including myself, thought it was going to be sort of the overworld of Hyrule, and then like the caves because that's sort of what they showed in the first trailer. And then they come out with this trailer; it's all in the sky. I'm just like, this is so funny. Um, and I guess the other big one for you, Swinny, and I do hear this from a lot of people. I didn't have one single issue with this, but the weapon degradation is, I know, such a huge issue for a lot of people. Is it back? So I, like, I think it should be. I'd like it to be back, but um, I wonder if they do anything about that. I really do wonder because yeah. people really did not like that. So I don't know what to make of it. My girlfriend started playing it recently and she complained about it straight away. It's like, what happened to my tree branch? <laughs> I mean, you, should, you don't expect a tree branch to break. <laughs> I know. Okay, that's maybe a little, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm on the fence about it, to be honest. Overall, I didn't enjoy it. Later on in the game, it's fine. You don't notice it as much because you've just got so many weapons around. But, I, and I'd it like lasts to- a lot longer. But still, it's, it wasn't fun. I'd like to discuss that at another time when we delve yes. into Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, more. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And then the other thing that was revealed in the direct, because you know it is the 35th anniversary of <laughs> Zelda. They did a big blowout for Mario. Doesn't feel like they're going to do that for Zelda. Uh, they have done the 30th anniversary. They did a lot of stuff for that, um, so it's a bit annoying. But uh, they did reveal the Game and Watch Legend of mm-hmm. Zelda edition. This looks they're not an alarm. Insanely cool. Do, well, no confirmation of an alarm yet, and it doesn't look like probably it will have not one. an alarm. <laughs> it's got an interactive clock and <laughs> timer modes, but much to Swinny's chagrin, doesn't seem to have an alarm feature. Uh, but what it does have is three games: mm-hmm. Zelda One, Zelda Two, the original NES games, and then Link's Awakening. Uh, the GBA version, so not even the GBC Which version, is the DX a remake version. of the Switch version of Link's Awakening. <laughs> <You> idiot! <laughs> <laughs> remake. So the thing I thought you were going with there was that because that game started as a remake or a port of mm. uh, a Link to the Past, the SNES game, mm-hmm. and then they just went in a totally different, wacky direction with it. So 
But no, you had a much funnier joke than that. And then also the fourth game, I guess you could say, is a Link-themed version of the Game & Watch title Vermin. So this is, it looks really cool. I picked it up straight away. I think I've played my Mario Game & Watch one-time total. <laughs> Are you guys picking this up? Well, no. you can't. You can't, Mike. Well, it's is a, game. It a game. Of course, it's, it? it's literally got game in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a it's it's a cons- it's a device. It's a game that happens to have three games on it. If you get this, you're breaking your thing straight away. Nah, and you're not know, getting it, Smitty. Ah, uh, look, I yeah, I honestly, I felt that just uh, you got the, burnt last time. The Super Mario Brothers one was a bit of a regrettable purchase. So yeah. while this one is mm. cooler, um, I would pick up a Donkey Kong one um, if that ends up being like one of the next ones they do. So that would be cool for the 40th anniversary. That'd be mm. sick. Um, yeah, I picked it up. Like, I, like it's one of those ones I totally agree with you. It's like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. They've got a lot of utility. They're actually really cool devices, right? These things, they're just almost like very cool pieces mm. of like Nintendo history. And They're very mm. limited in what you can do for 80 yeah. bucks. I sh- certainly wouldn't buy all of them if they went in nuts and started releasing like a whole series. Of yeah, you will. Maybe. You will. <laughs> even when, I said, that, even when will. I said that, I was thinking maybe I would actually. Of course you would, <laughs> Mr. I pre-ordered the Amiibos before the pre-orders were even available. <laughs> I did get onto the Amazon uh, link before it went live somehow. Um, like it was just all like, it wasn't even box art or anything. Of it. it was just a placeholder <laughs> image. And then just like to round out the Zelda news, uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity DLC is out now actually. And there was some new footage of Skyward Sword. So I'm picking up Skyward Sword. We'll, we'll cover it uh, on the show in July, so a month from now. Age mm-hmm. of Calamity, I just haven't picked it up. By the way, it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild, uh, even though they don't want you to call it that, because it follows the story of 100 years uh, before the events of Breath of the Wild. I, I just I am waiting for like a Switch Pro to play that game because it is so choppy. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with 30 frames per second, but... When it's like dipping down to 20, 25, and then going up to 30, it's just, I don't know, it's really distracting and hard to play. So I might have to wait another year for the Switch Pro at this rate. And the other news coming out of the Nintendo Direct. Uh, so yes, there were more news outside of uh, just the Metroid and Zelda news. Uh, Swinney, do you want to cover the Smash news? Yeah, so we had the next fighter announcement for Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is Kazuya Mishima from Tekken, which while I won't say nobody predicted Kazuya, <laughs> pretty still, much nobody. Still was shocking. Oh look, and the everyone's been always been like, okay, you know, like Sub Zero, you know, like the main, I guess, Duke character Duke. from each yeah, Duke, the main character from the main the big fighting series and yeah. like the main character of Tekken, gen- generally speaking. So is he, yeah, is he really? I, I, I'm not yes. that familiar. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. him and the old dude. Yeah. So Kazuya and, and Hayashi are kind of like, they've always been like the main primary protagonist and antagonist going back to Tekken one. Yeah, and okay. even in Tekken Seven, that story really came through, um, came back to fruition as well. So, but yeah, so he's the fifth edition of the six character Fighter Pass Two. So the second last DLC character of what they've announced, and possibly the second last ever. We'll see. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not as well. Um, and from what they've shown, so we didn't get to see too much, but. Features essentially the largest move set of any single Smash fighter. So I'm not talking really? about the ca- characters like your three Pokemon <clears> trainer. <throat> yeah, his move sets 
just wild. Um, and he's got things like the Demon God Fist, the Ten Eight String Combo. Just what they've done to translate the Tekken moves in is kind of wild. So it's going to be really cool to see when Sakurai does his breakdown on the 29th of June at midnight for us Aussies on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the yeah, and basically it seems like he's got a devil mechanic, um, but and a rage mechanic that's probably linked there. So rage is was a new system they put in Tekken 7 and so you can see the red glowing around him uh, in the trailer so yeah we'll uh, we'll see how that all plays out but I'm super pumped because um, I love playing as Terry and he seems like he's probably going to be in a similar um, you know style and I'm a huge Tekken fan it's probably my favorite fighting series so yeah yeah uh, your favorite fighting series Tekken interesting yes. well yeah. I'd love to play Tekken against you I like Tekken is Tekken, Street Fighter, and Smash are, like, the three, like, fighting games in my head. And then there's all these, like, X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Street Fighter. You know what I mean? Like, all the... Nah, not Mortal Kombat. I never got into Mortal Kombat. Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, Marvel versus Capcom. I love those games as well. But with Tekken, I just never really had anyone to play with. And it's, like, one of those games I feel like... It's just so much... You know, fighting games are just so much better when you're playing against people. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the, very unfamiliar with Tekken. So I, in, I saw the character, I'm like, I don't even know who this dude is. So Yeah, in saying that, the Tekken games have always been packed full of awesome single-player content as well. That's yeah. true. That's true. So The one that, because like I was just looking through Tekken, it's quite interesting. There's only like one or two characters that have been in every single Tekken game. And one of them is King. The It's yeah. like the Jaguar type character, wrestling mm. character. So... I, I would have known who that is if I saw yeah, that. Yeah, Kazuya missed out a couple because Jin Jin kind of came into play. Mm. And that's why when during our reveal, I'm like, Hayachi, because Hayachi is also known for throwing people in volcanoes. And I'm like, Jin, I'm like, and I couldn't think of Kazuya's name, even though he is like the big Tekken yeah. character. So off the top of my head. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I think, I think I heard more people saying they thought it was going to be Jin, but... No, it's really, really cool. I love how, like, they always do really left-field things with it. You know, the whole Metroid Dread thing just made me say to Swinney, like, I just wish they had, like, skin DLC that you could apply to existing fighters. Like, we're getting up to 82 fighters by the end of the Fighter Pass 2. Like, it just seems like free money if they do that. Um, But, yeah, we'll see if they do that. And we'll we'll cover it, you know, in much more detail once, like, post the Sakurai direct um so i'm really looking forward to that and the other big of big, big news for us all was uh advanced wars one plus two reboot camp uh so yeah this was like a massive fan service in this whole just call it three well there's been advanced wars three yeah there's already advanced wars three so. it's also weird because the whole famicom war series is like the most mistitled and misunderstood series maybe ever um you know because the very first game is obviously famicom wars only in Japan, and then, yeah, we only got the Advance Wars series. It's weird how now they're just continuing with the Advance Wars name. Uh, but, yeah, like, really exciting. The thing that really excited me about it was that it's actually going to be developed by uh, WayForward, uh, which is, you know, it was kind of a big surprise to me, actually, that they're, they're doing it like that. And, like for me, the 3D graphics didn't click, but for you guys, how did you find find the graphics for it? Yeah, they look pretty cool to me, but mm. I never played the original, so I think it looks like a great 3D version of the the original 2D art. Um, I do love the original 2D art, but I mean, it's harder to get newer players over the line with with sprite art artwork yeah. these days. So it makes sense to 
do this. It'd be cool if you could unlock a, you know the original versions as well. But oh, that, dude, dude yeah. don't even say that to me. You, you sick man. <laughs> you or like, sick uh, man. like what they did with the remakes of of some of the LucasArts games, where you can press a button and it switches between them. That well, was really yeah, cool. but the problem with that is, <laughs> well, I guess they could, but it's just like widescreen to not widescreen. You know, mm, it's like, oh, I guess uh, the yeah. LucasArts ones had the same issue. Well, I mean, yeah. they they could keep they could keep the widescreen, but just switch to pixel art. But I mean, you're talking Game Boy Advance resolution so here, so yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> No, but I want those chunky pixels. I want those chunky pixels. <laughs> Give me the chunky I want, pixels. I want those. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be picking this up. I'm going to be really interested to see how it's going to be released, like physical, digital, how much. I'm assuming it's going to be like $69 Australian, which man, nice. Nintendo makes a killing on these re-releases. So <laughs> like, they're doing know. work, but yeah, I, it's a lot. I don't even remember Intergot, but the first Advance Wars game, was really weird with its Japanese release. So it didn't come out for years later in Japan. Yeah. Because it hit around September 11. And so they mm. actually delayed it in Europe as well. But then it did, apparently didn't come out to Japan until 2004 when mm. they had the, the, so it's like three years later when they had the compilation of one and two then. So yeah, it's it, kind of crazy for a series that was Japan only mm. to not then have the advanced version you know, launch in Japan for ages. Yeah, it's got, it's like, honestly, it's the weirdest title and the way it all works and everything. So it's like Famicom Wars, Game Boy Wars, Super Famicom Wars and Advance Wars. But now Advance Wars is almost like stuck as a title even no, when but, it got released on DS. No, but then you had Battalion Wars or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, but that's a so, side series, right? No, but it's still related to it. Yeah, like, no, it's, I agree. It still has this. Is it related to Halo Wars? No. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a funny series. Like, it's one of those weird, weird ones. Like, if you look at the Japanese titles versus the English titles, and like you're saying, the releases, like, yeah, it went in, in the US three years earlier than the Japanese one, whereas most of the Japanese ones never came out over here. Yeah. Um, um, Mike, I think you would really love these games. I really yeah. think you'd love these games. I love tactics games, and these are just, like, yeah. very pure tactics games, not a lot of fluff, which I know a lot of people don't like about the Fire Emblem series. Um, which I I like in the Fire Emblem series, to be honest. But yeah, like if you just want to remove having tea uh, and playing a weeb in the in the Fire Emblem <laughs> series, this is definitely the kind of game to check out. And yeah, Advance Wars One and Two are just incredible games. So to get the compilation, Mike, it's like really good. And obviously, like I'm out of sync with a lot of people in terms of the graphics, and maybe I just need to see it on the console and see if it clicks. And then uh, finally, the last thing, and obviously it's just highlights uh, from the Nintendo Direct because it's a hell of a lot more that was covered in there, is uh, Super... Uh, sorry, no, it's not Super. It's Mario Party <laughs> Superstars. I can understand why they didn't do Super Mario Superstars. But uh, yeah, Mario Party Mario Superstars. Party looks, Superstars. looks very cool. Looks like, uh, like, I don't know, it just looks like the kind of Mario Party game that everyone thought they wanted, which was... They've taken boards from the N64 games and mini games from the N64 series and have taken it to this series. And yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, and we don't I don't do we know if the mini games are all from the 64 games? The boards uh, are, but the mini games I'm not sure about. Uh yeah, I don't think they've officially confirmed that part, to be fair. Okay. Because the I don't think they're going to do a Mario Party Superstars 2, but it'd be a shame that an, 
they never do a compilation that includes any of the stuff from the GameCube era because that's where some of the best boards are. The problem with the GameCube era is that they introduce a lot more mechanics that means you couldn't make it consistent across a compilation, but you could possibly do make it more consistent across like a GameCube compilation um, or best of. So, yeah, I'm hmm. super okay. pumped for this, especially the fact that it's got online multiplayer like they added to Super Mario Party. Um, I haven't really loved the Mario Party game since the last one on GameCube, but I mm. played all the ones up until that um, one, like uh, just hundreds of hours of those games. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really pumped as long, well, as long as I can convince other people to make sure they purchase it as well. well. You know, and it's, this is the, always the challenge with Nintendo and, you know, I'm a Nintendo shill. We're going to put that out there, but man, they just like their online and the way they do things. Like I remember when I was trying to get you, Swinney, into Splatoon, it's like, let's play Splatoon. I love Splatoon too. And then we join and then you're like, all right, you know, can we join a party or something? And then I'm like, oh no, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You know, we we kind of got to join the, the the game at the same time, and then we we'll, we might be together, and then we might be on opposite teams or together, and it's just like it's just a cluster, right? And uh, yeah, this would be really cool if it was like, you know, just say because my wife was interested in it, I'd like it if we both could play and then play online against you guys. You know what I mean? So it's like two people yeah. on our side. I but have. There's no I guarantee have, that's going to work like that. Man. I know, but I have a f- like. Well, okay. So first of all, we should probably see how they do it in Super Mario Party because that's probably the model they'll follow with this. But it to me, it wouldn't make sense to not do that because the idea is it's a party. So if, you know, it's like if you could have two local players and then one, two other online players, that would just be perfect because then yeah. you've also got a couple can play against another couple. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Things like that, that's the know. way it should work. I think everyone, yeah. everyone thinks like that. But <laughs> just Nintendo, man, Nintendo, there's just no guarantees they're going to do it like that. I mean, you look at how they treated Super Mario Party. So that's the game that's already on the Switch. You know, it was bare bones, hardly any boards, no online play, like outside of just the mini games. It was just a nightmare. And then they added it just recently. So I should probably actually check how the online works for Super Mario Party because it probably will work exactly the same way. Um, but yeah, that were all the highlights from the Nintendo Direct. Very good Direct. Super enjoyed the Metroid Dread stuff. Uh, but let's move on to the Microsoft E3 presentation. And the show actually opened with Todd Howard walking out, which I thought was a nice power move from Bethesda Game Studios. And they gave a first, well, sort of first look of uh, mm. Starfield. So this was announced three years ago now, 2018. The cool thing was they they did give a date for this game which was exciting, which is the 11th of November, 2022. I do kind of like how they just put dibs on that date because that's such a cool looking date, like 11-11-2-2. And I think, you know, the game's so massive that I think a lot of other games, if they were thinking about launching that date, may move out of that period of time. I thought it was a bit weird that they sort of said it was uh, 25 years in the making. I think it's more like just their first new IP in 25 years. I don't think they've been working on this game for 25 years. And they didn't show much footage in terms of, like, gameplay. So they did say the footage was in-engine, but do you guys believe that or do you feel like it was more CG? I think it was in-engine. It was just in-engine on a very high-end PC. Yeah, yeah, very high-end PC, in-engine, cutscene kind of content, obviously. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look, it looked looked great. Oh, it looked fantastic. It looked fantastic. 
I will reserve judgment until they actually show some proper gameplay. Because that's that's probably the only thing that I was disappointed about this whole thing. Mm. People want to see gameplay. They want to see what it actually looks like running. Maybe there's some shooting mechanics or something. But if it ends up looking like this in game, damn, it's pretty gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's um, look. Given that it's a year or a year and a half away, it totally makes sense that they're not going to show gameplay. I, I just, yeah, it's hard, man. With this kind of stuff, I totally understand why Microsoft did do this kind of teaser trailer for Starfield, but it just kind of left me going, oh, and, and pretty much the same as Zelda. Oh, man, it's still so far away. Um, yeah, I don't know. I am excited for it. Uh, when, you know, Todd Howard said it's Skyrim in space, like that's a big tick for me. Like I'm happy about that. Uh, and, you know, the sci-fi setting, I think, just works so much more for me than than the sort of... Skyrim know, or something, yeah. Yeah, just like yeah. fantasy or even dark. Dark fantasy is a bit different, but, yeah, like Skyrim is more of a fantasy thing for me. So so I'll just... the Those post-E3 or post-showcase discussions with Todd Howard, so yeah. a lot of info actually came out about that that um, I, I don't think a lot of people have seen. So some of that is the fact that the game is actually apparently includes a lot more hardcore role-playing systems than even previous Bethesda games, um, Ooh, like such as the build, like the ability to choose characters' background is something they've done in the past but haven't done in quite a few recent games. Um, so they're actually leaning a lot more into that literal role-playing side of things. Um, and that makes Winnie excited. Yeah, and the fact that the game, they're touting this game as open world but not open universe, which I think is a very important um, distinction to make. What does that mean? It means that there's areas that are open world, but it's not like explore the universe kind of as, you know, your... um, Go anywhere you want, like... um, Yeah, like Elite Dangerous or anything like that. You know, it's not a spacefaring sim. No Man's Sky. Yeah, but it's essentially going to have, like... Areas, cities, you know, they mentioned like hub cities worlds, speci- right? Yeah, so they mentioned cities specifically that you know that they're kind of designing them in a similar way that they have in previous games. So I could see that you know when you're talking that Skyrim in space, just think you land on a planet, there'll be a big city to explore and potentially some of the actual planet area, and there's mm-hmm. probably another planet you go to that's similar and things like that. So um, kind of like. Uh, <clears throat> The outer uh, outer worlds, outer worlds. The outer worlds was much smaller in scope, but on yeah, purpose. Yeah. It's outer worlds is not really so much of an open world game. Um, so I think this is going to be closer to your fallouts and stuff, but but just across a few different planets and things yeah. like that. So, but yeah, I, I'm super pumped for this. Um, I as I said, I do wish um, they actually showed some gameplay. That would have been cool to see. The one thing I'm super pumped about is leaving the space gray beards hanging for 200 hours while I'll go do some other shit. <laughs> the space beards. Space, the space beards. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, right? Because you can break apart this this uh, trailer as people have done, but I like, I like the aesthetic, you know, this sort of like really heavy black hmm. and white. I, I think it was described by Todd Howard, but this is kind of how I actually thought of it. it was, I think he said something like NASA punk, and I, and I kind of get that vibe from it. NASA punk. Mm-hmm. Because it has that kind of NASA, you know, NASA's like design in the 60s and 70s was like so high contrast, bold, like very prime colors, all this kind of stuff. And you, you can see that from a lot of the design elements even in the trailer. So it looks really cool. It's just, yeah, I guess, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 did have 
gameplay footage in it, and that's probably it's around not the same. Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> that's also similarly far away. I mean, like you, yeah. If you're going, that's also November. Man, that's going to be kind of insane. Uh, At least. I love yeah. that they also included that Elder Scrolls Easter egg, which is yeah, so, yeah. so cool, um, which is essentially the Hammerfell and High Rock map, which everyone is essentially, it's pretty much confirmed but not confirmed that that's pretty much a location. The Elder Scrolls game based on every all the information we have. So it's either kind of a, a sneaky confirmation of that or just playing into the rumours, probably mm-hmm. the latter, but that's really cool. Because when the hell is that game going to come out? Because surely... Todd Howard's going to be pretty heavily working on that as well. But Todd Howard's also working on Indiana Jones. Well, he's so. he's more of a, um, not even a producer or a producer on that. Like, or, I actually still, supervisor. Still I think he's a supervisor on that. Yeah, but that's still work. He's yeah, still very light on. touch though. That's not like day-to-day work. Yeah, but that dude, it's still work. So Yeah, no, but like I don't think I don't, he's going to be standing away from Elder Scrolls and not being heavily involved in that. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying he's got his fingers in lots of pies. So the it'll be a long time before we get that again. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's like 2026 or something. Yeah, like, It just seems insane that they've done a teaser for it already, like what, three years ago as well, right? Hmm. Yeah. No, well, it was, it was 76 Fallout, literally, you know. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, and then Fallout, what the hell's going on with Fallout? That's a recover, that's a recover, so. Yeah, it's true, it's true. All right, well, let's go on to actually what most people consider the biggest news from the Xbox conference, which was the announcement, and for me, massively surprise announcement of uh, Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, uh, Ahead of uh, the other Forza uh, Motorsports game, which, I don't know, it was really, did not see this coming at all. And it's coming out relatively soon. So it's coming out on the 9th of November. <clears throat> and you're lucky, uh, Mike, it will be on Game Pass day one. So you do not need yes. to buy this. Exactly. So, so you, there's so many free things coming out. So it's you can beautiful. do a thorough review of the game. But, I uh, will absolutely do a thorough review because I'm looking forward to it. I've played every single one of the previous titles. And, and you know, as you predicted in our reaction to when we're watching this live, it is set in uh, Mexico and the map will be the largest uh, that the series has had so far. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've only played a like small little fraction of the Forza Horizon games. Given that I've got PC Game Pass, I think I will actually play this when it comes out. It looks pretty cool. Worth it. What, uh, what, what did you think of it, Mike? Oh, man. I, like you said, came totally out of the blue for me. I thought it'd be more likely to show more Forza um, 7, 8. What are we up to now? 7, I believe. 7. But, yeah, instead we got this, which is fantastic. And the thing that I loved about it is unlike Starfield, which we just talked about, they actually showed what looked like proper gameplay. It wasn't, uh, wasn't, I think, running on a Series uh, X or anything like that. I think it was probably a high-end PC once again because they didn't say what it was on. They just said it was was, was 4K in-game footage. But it was... The actual gameplay, which I think is really awesome. That's how you do a really good, uh, excited, exciting trailer. Show the actual gameplay. Sorry, um, I'm confirmed. <clears throat> so it's Forza Seven's already been out. Yeah, so that's, that's right. Forza Seven. Yeah, yeah. So Man, I should be, know that. It would be Forza <coughs> Eight if they call it Excuse a Forza me. Eight. So because I've been bloody playing those games long enough. Um, so yeah, look. So so the, the you know the first one was set in Colorado. Then I think you had France slash Italy, Australia. Great Britain was the latest one, which introduced really cool uh, weather changes uh, and seasons as well. And now it's Mexico, which looks incredible. 
Uh, the, the weather system's back. Um, obviously, it looks absolutely insane. Is, is that right that the weather system's back? Because what? I thought it was more that just the region itself will change based on your elevation and things like that. No, I, well, I'm, I'm talking about dynamic weather. I don't know no, if I'm saying I don't have the seasons. I, I don't I, think I, the seasons are back. Weather looks like it's back. Weather, okay. w- weather's always been... Well, as in the sense that, you know, dynamically getting rain and stuff like that. I was more talking about the seasons, but But the seasons, I don't know. They didn't talk about that. So I'm I'm curious to see what it would be like. Um, Because it made sense in in the UK where you had the proper four seasons. I don't know my climate in Mexico all too well, but I don't think it's quite as varied as that. So apparently it can... Basically, dust storms, tropical storms, and other big massive weather events can, can occur depending on the season. Ah, so, interesting. Cool. Yeah. So they do have some of those elements, and yeah. the dust storms looked absolutely incredible. It, they, had, it's probably not as built into the game's design as it was in four because that's mm. such core to it. But it seems like it is. Yeah. Cool. Thing. No. It's, oh, the distinction is that it's mm-hmm. not like universal the the weather and the seasons as well. It's like more location based, depending okay. on where you are in the geography. Because I think they're saying like some parts it doesn't make sense if it's like snowing. Just because yeah, of, of the elevation yeah. and everything like that. So, well, yeah, and it's not, yeah. you know, true to Mexico if mm. you've got okay, snow in a desert that doesn't go below 20 or something. Um, so, so that, yeah, but, and the weather, that dust storm looked absolutely incredible. As you said, Sweetie, when we're, when we saw the, the life reveal, it had such cyberpunkish um, <laughs> Blade Runner feel to it. It was awesome. And also now, I guess the next game we're going to talk about as well, is dust storms and sandstorms yeah, are a big it's, thing it's in gaming. the new thing, I think, yeah. So uh, a few more little details that, that I was looking into. Um, it looks like ray tracing, that old chestnut, is only going to be available in Forza Vista. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's in the full game, game world. Well, on the Series so, X, I think they're saying maybe it will be in the PC version. In the full world, potentially, yeah. but but I, I saw some some breakdowns by Digital Foundry, and they don't think it had. So so what they saw as well looked like it was PC that it was running on, and it didn't look to them like it had ray trace reflections and stuff like that. Although that would be computationally super expensive on cars. Um, but in any case, the the other thing that's worth noting is it, it will run at thirty, from what I I heard, for even Series X. But there is a 60 FPS performance mode um, for the Series X that you can enable, which I think is what most people are probably going to go with. Um, mm. And it does have a lot of dynamic scaling for a lot of different systems in the game. Um, so it obviously, it's it's going to keep trying to get that 60 and then scale a few things down, including re- resolution potentially. Um, yeah, it's uh, a- another little tidbit fact is that it's got the longest highway in the series going from corner to corner in the world, which I think will be really interesting um, just to get, I don't know, there'll be probably some achievement or something related to that, which would be really cool. Or at, at the very least, a couple of um, of races that will, will be related to that. And they did show some footage around the arcade gameplay and the fact that you can actually create your own crazy events. Um, truth be told, it's personally not something... I'm into. Um, I prefer more of the proper driving. Um, I, I switch between the normal Forza and Horizon. They are, you know, somewhat vastly different games, one being more of a simulation and one being clearly more of an arcade game. Um, but that's as far as I like my arcade. Uh, going 10-pin bowling with a car and stuff, I never found that fun. I never found that fun in, in the actual Forza series either uh, to do those challenges. I just like the racing bit um, and the exploration that you get in Forza Horizon. So we'll see how that goes. Um, it could be cool. There's a lot of people that I think are into that stuff. 
Um, and of course, you know, the Forza Link matchmaking AI, which, which should be interesting. Um, that I like that a lot more in terms of matchmaking because it wasn't as annoying, I think, as Drivatar was in in the Forza, Forza, normal Forza series. When they introduced that, it actually kind of semi-ruined the game for me. So, yeah, I am absolutely looking forward to this game. It looks insanely good. Yeah, what do you guys think of? Well, like the one thing I just wanted to shout out was the, and I'm, I, I find this word hard to say, but the photogrammetry, photogrammetry, where they actually go take these 12K photos yeah. of lots of different areas. And there was one portion of the video and the presentation where, and rewatching this on the VOD, it's pretty, because it's better quality. Where you see it and it's like, you know, they're talking about the photos so and you see people there and stuff like that. So you go, okay, these are the photos. And then all of a sudden you see the cars like yeah. running through. I'm it like, goes into... Wait a second, wait, am I yeah. like watching, is this a photo or is this actually the game? I was like, my it's mind was a bit really blown cool. by that part. Like, I, love I thought that trend. was the best. It was, was the crazy. best. You're talking about the transition where it had mm. it. What it wasn't a still photo because the camera kind of moved but it was, a little but bit. It was, it looked but like it was, like it was, it was video taken. Yeah, but, oh, it, but photos, they had yeah. people in the photos. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. Like, like, so I think it was the people were there. They took photos yes. of them, but then they blended it in with the actual game itself and it's were generating really cool it by the game. Did, yeah. Yeah. And it's like so fine detail. And it's quite interesting because this is the same engine that Fable is getting built on. Um, so interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah no, it's, I didn't know that. It's uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, a- anything you wanted to shout out with Forza Horizon Five, Sweeney? No, it looks cool. I'm, I've I've always had fun times with the Forza Horizon game. So yeah, yeah, no, no, sweet. All right, moving on to Battlefield 2042, where we have Obligatory. seen gameplay of the actual game, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Like, it feels like there's a lot of hype about this game. Like, this was one of the big announcements over the whole E3 period. It got a hell of a lot of buzz. It's, you know, trailer was number one on uh, trending for YouTube. There's heaps of interest in this game. It does feel like this game is getting now finally to the level of like a Call of Duty in terms of interest and sort of, you know, just buzz and hype around it. And I don't know, for me, the biggest thing is just I want to know like the full-on details about how I can play this game, who I can play it with, how that's all going to work. Because that still doesn't me. seem clear to me. And so, yeah, but what is it? Like, do I have to play it on PS5 or can yeah, I play it on PC mean. again? I, I don't oh, yeah. know what cross-platform compatibility so, there is. Do you know, Swinny? Yeah, so it's not officially confirmed, but the well, DICE... The Dice General Manager, Oscar Gabrielson, basically hinted at crossplay um, in a statement. Mm. Says that they're cool. exploring options for crossplay and things like that. So the fact that it was even mentioned at all by someone pretty high up at Dice means that there's a very good chance it will come. Now, whether or not it will come at launch is another thing. Um, but are you talking about crossplay uh, around consoles or around console generations? No, so- well, that's crossplay is generally between consoles that cool. I'm talking okay. about. Yes. Yep. I thought we already knew that last week, to be honest. Because we did talk about crossplay, but it was like, is it going to be crossplay for next gen only against next gen, or you know? Well, we didn't we didn't mention anything about the general manager talking about sure, it last sure. Week. But I thought they already mentioned something else, like in terms of the cross. I don't well, know. You, we you don't asked know the question last week, and I found the answer. So. <laughs> well, it's not the answer. We Thank don't you. know yet. Like that's that's not much of an answer. Just that it might be crossplay, and they're exploring it. Right? I I don't know, man. Like, because I I just feel like there's it's going to be. PC versus PC, PS5 versus series, and then like PS4 versus uh, Xbox One. I feel like that's going to be the breakdown. 
Possibly, but why, why would the limitation be not to allow console crossplay, as in full console crossplay? Given just, that you know, already said you're, that. you don't have any extra advantage with the controllers or anything like that. Yeah, because I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Sweeney, how it works, but they've already said that current, oh, sorry, past gen, I guess now, last gen, like PS4, mm-hmm. Xbox One, is going to be 64 player matches at most. Yeah, okay. So, and yeah. whereas current gen, PS5 and series yeah. is 128. So at least if you're playing 128 and it's cross-play, there's no way you'd be able to play against PS4 and Xbox One players. So yeah. that's why I just think the split will be PC against PC. Because I don't like most games do not like mixing those player pools together, which I kind of get because just mouse and keyboard superior. Oh, yeah, no, it would be you'd smash people. Yeah. yeah. So, so some new stuff we didn't talk about last week. Yeah, so yeah. the essentially they're going to fill up um, player spots in 128 player matches. And this might be something that's optional. We don't know. Um, so basically, if there's not 128 people in a match, they'll do the whole Rocket League thing and they'll add in bots to fill in the spots, which I actually like for a Battlefield game. Mm, that's only in the, casual mode in Rocket League, yeah, by the way. Because because the idea of Battlefield is these large-scale battles. So I to me, it makes sense. I mean, Titanfall did it differently, but it still did that kind of thing where it's like it has... AI-controlled, you know, like fodder around the Mm. map as well. And not saying that they should make those players fodder, the AI, but generally speaking, I think it's a really, really good way to make it, make every match exciting for players, Mm -hmm. even in maps and time zones where maybe there's not as much interest, especially when the game starts to die down a little bit. Mm. But, of course, um, they will, you know, we will want the option to be able to disable that for certain match types. Um, it likely, as you said, it probably won't be for any kind of ranked thing. It'll probably be for casual play. You know, so. that is my biggest thing about Splatoon 2 that drives me nuts. If someone drops out, it, you're just, like, playing three versus four. In Splatoon 2, it's just impossible to win most of the time if someone drops out. No, it's like, you know, play Rocket League. I'm like, why do they not just fill the person in with a bot? It just doesn't like make any sense to me. So no, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I actually don't know why people get so offended by bots filling in the gaps. Now it's totally different if it's like 90% of the players you're playing against are bots. I don't like that. Because Fortnite did that for a bit of time. Like they would put bots in against like players on mobile and people didn't even know. Because then you'd go in and you'd win, like you'd get like a you know winner winner chicken dinner type thing, and you think, wow, I'm a you know a god at Fortnite, but they're just really trying to trick you. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really cool. And the interesting thing I find, and sure, this is term a term that is just bastardized anyway. Is so when you pre-order the game through certain outlets, you'll get access to the open beta. And to me, the idea of an open beta being restricted to people that pre-order just Calling it open beta is just absolutely ridiculous. It's not open if you yeah, need to actually pre-order the game. Exactly. Beta, yeah. Well, they even the footage that we saw was pre-alpha. I'm like, seriously, that is not pre-alpha footage. Come on. Like, when did you make that footage? Five years ago or something? Yeah. That was clearly alpha plus footage. But and, anyway. Yeah. And anybody that buys the last-gen version, so the PS4 and Xbox One versions of Battlefield 2042, will not get a free upgrade to the version on the next console. And you know, oh, I'm actually fine with that, to be honest. I don't know why, mm. but I feel like it's already, it's time that, I think it's fair that they stop doing that with games. Maybe. The problem is they set, they set the precedent now and people it's are fine. like, oh, damn it. 
So I just buy a cheaper copy on PS4 and then get a free upgrade. But just on that, Swinny, you can buy the Xbox One or the PS4 version and play it on a PS5 or an Xbox Series. It you just, just don't get the upgrade. It, yeah, it would just be that old version that you're playing on. Yeah, the, but I like that because I got yeah. Valhalla at launch and it was, con- well, considerably cheaper buying it on PS4 yeah. and just getting the free upgrade. And why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. That's it's why almost they, like, why did they even bother having a PS5 version at the time? But that's why they stopped doing I it, right? It yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> so I get it. We don't have it in the run sheet. Uh, I'm just checking when it's coming out. Yeah, October 22 this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, it's definitely not pre-alpha footage. <laughs> like it's no. coming out in a few months. No, but they the, it said at the start of the trailer we just saw, yeah, or the gameplay trailer pre-alpha footage. It's just yeah, like for me, I'm actually pretty hyped about this game. I just don't want to play it on console, and you guys won't play it on PC. So that will be the make well, or break for me. I don't know. I'd play it. I'd, I'd play it on PC. Oh, you would? Okay. We all, well, we all, all have. It. Hardware that's capable of playing mm. that game, so it, it'll be up to Swinny. It'll be up to Swinny. And we, we have another friend. Yeah, on the show. Big shout out! Big shout out to Joe Jives. See if he's got that far into the show an hour in. Yeah, (laughs) if you if you hear this, let us know. Yeah, he he's got a he's got a beefy PC, water cooled and whatnot. So (laughs) fair enough. And he used to like playing with us. So yeah, we'll see. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to rounding out the Xbox show. So in other highlights, and Swinny has Swinny does run the run sheet, and he's put like a stack of stuff in there, and we only covered like. Three things on Nintendo. So. There was a stack. Yeah, well, that's why we do. That's why we do the our t-shirt ratings. There was a stack of passion <laughs> about all these games. Do you know what? I just joke about that. I did actually check it before the show, and I went through and I'm like, ah, oh, it's fair enough. I like because the Nintendo stuff wasn't necessarily new announcements. Uh, so starting off, Halo Infinite. I think we will loop back to this, Winnie, because there's been so much news about Halo Infinite. I feel like more news is coming, so we'll probably have more of a, you know, specific news item on that in the coming weeks, but it's interesting. They're really being very clear about, you know, there's the multiplayer game and then there's the epic campaign, as they call it. It's a very uh, big claim, (laughs) given the last showing, which I liked, by the way, but uh, everyone else hated. The multiplayer, they showed that off, like, they had 12... Halo 5... No, I'm so talking. Sorry, I'm saying the, the original trailer. Halo Infinite. Trailer. Oh, yeah, the, the, sorry, yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about the campaign. No, like just going back to that trailer. Like <laughs> I said, I even said to you. Remember, we watched it. I'm like, man, there's a lot of popping in this trailer. But I like the look of it because it looks like Halo Three ish to me. So it didn't bother me. But you know, it obviously bothered a lot of people. The new trailer and the little tiny bit of gameplay in the multiplayer version, which would be a lower fidelity version compared to the single player campaign, just given the networking and all the other sort of resource management that you have to do. Looks great. Like the, you know, the 12 minute overview that they did of the multiplayer looks awesome. You know, it's free to play. So I I just, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the fact they didn't date this, this is one of the few games Mm. that's supposed to come out soon. Every single other game that's coming out this year has been dated by Microsoft apart from this game. They didn't say holiday 2021? That's, no, that's not dating it, though. Just saying uh, holiday 2021, like right? Date Everything date, else yeah. had dates. Even games in 2022 holiday had dates. Or winter holiday, we don't know. Even, game, even Starfield had a date in November next mm. year. So yeah, okay, fair enough. I just I firmly believe that they will release the multiplayer in like November to hit the 20th anniversary of Halo, and then the campaign will come out next year. That's where I feel like it's going to land. I don't, okay. What, what do you Bold think, Swinny, on that one? I think they'll both hit at the end of the year. I don't know if they'll okay. hit at exactly the same time, but I think they'll both release within this year. I think they made the smart decision of not saying it's the 20th anniversary of Halo because they must not have full confidence in hitting that date. 
So if they said that and then they missed that date again, mm. it would be, you know, people would be getting really worried about the game. But it looks really cool, like the way it's shaping up. And, and you know, Mike, I'd be really keen for you to jump in, just given that it's going to be... Yeah, but- and they actually were really big on the fact that they want people from PC and console to play together. So maybe that that game, they're just going to let it go. And, you know, mm. if you're a console, you're just going to watch out for the PC edgelords. Um, Swinney, do you want to cover the next one? Yeah, so we we had a cinematic trailer for a very unexpected reveal of mm. The Outer Worlds 2, uh, which is the sequel to Obsidian's spacefaring RPG. Now, we don't know much information at all. The trailer was just a very 4-4 breaking comedy trailer, which is very in tone with uh, The Outer Worlds in general. But the reason why this is quite surprising is because Obsidian's got a lot going on. They're working on quite a few different things. And I think a lot of people were kind of expecting that we were expecting Outer Worlds 2 eventually, but to announce it so soon, um, especially after Avowed, we haven't really seen anything of that since the reveal last year. Um, It was kind of surprising, but I'm wrapped. I know that when we talked about... When I talked about the DLC, uh, Murder Mm. on Eridanos, that I... Kind of, I said, I just want more of this. Um, I want a more DLC, but if they want to make a sequel, then great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this. So. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, it's a different writer from The Outer Worlds to The Outer Worlds 2, but it, I believe it's the same writer that did that DLC that you just mentioned, Murder on yeah. Aradona, Aradona. So, uh, yeah, that, like everyone said, the writing in that is amazing. So I, I'm going to be a hater, but, you know, I, I know you hate me saying this, Winnie, but like these kind of trailers where they break the fourth wall, the thing that I don't like about them is that, you know, the idea behind them is like they're they're going, oh, it's so stereotypical that, you know, trailers will have a lens flare and do this stuff. But to me, the whole breaking the fourth wall devolved with digital style thing, that is just so overplayed now as well. Like I feel like it is, it is become the meme that it's trying to meme on. Like, and I'm just like, ugh, whatever. But, I like it. I like it when it's done well. I thought it's done well, well, well yeah. So. Yeah, I thought it was lame. But um, I, I do, like, I have seen some parts of uh, The Outer Worlds and the writing seems amazing in that game. So I'm sure I'd like the game. It's I just pretty good, don't yeah. like the trailer. Uh, do you want, who wants to cover Contraband? I'm happy to talk about it. So um, Contraband, they showed off um, essentially a cinematic trailer with that. Um, for, and this is a game that I don't think any of us had heard of, or at least the name of it. Um, so this is an exclusive, Xbox exclusive from Xbox Game Studios, but developed by Avalanche Studios, the Just Cause um, devs and Mad, Mad Max. Um, but what's really cool about this, I really like the setting they're going with. So they're going with a 1970s like smuggler setting and and. and just that's something that I just think will place this quite un- in a unique position where it's it's an open world co-op game, but it's not kind of modern time. And I think that's going to be really, really cool to see. But also that this is on the back of recent r- rumors that Microsoft are looking to actually acquire Avalanche Studios, which would be an absolutely awesome acquisition for them because those guys just make really, really solid, fun games. Um, so we don't have a release date. Um, we just know it's coming for Xbox, whether or not that's um, just Series X or not, we don't know, and PC. Um, but as with all Xbox Game Studios games, it's also confirmed for Game Pass. Yeah, and you know, like that was that was one thing to shout out on the Xbox thing. And I said it in the live reaction when what game did it get to? There was one game where it was like clear that it wasn't gonna be on Game Pass. Shoot. Diablo Diablo Resurrected. That's right, Diablo 2. And I was saying to you guys, I was going, shit, is this the first game that's not coming for free? Like if you have Game Pass. 
I was like, that's mm. amazing, man. Like you just watch this whole thing and you're like, oh yeah, I can play that or I can play this or just like there's no additional buy-in. It it, it certainly is going to change gaming because I think it, it can't not change gaming because, it, you know, the fact that they can make these games and not so worry about that friction point of buying it and then not having to build in the free-to-play mechanics to just go, oh, it's free and come and play. And then that also distorts the game. It's just, I, I think, you know, once we get a few years into Game Pass further, you will get really cool games that are just like left field that you wouldn't be brave enough to make and then expect someone to hit that $60 price tag. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, did you want to cover Somerville, just given that you you got it right on the head in terms of the Play Dead <laughs> connection, which we said you were wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Somerville uh, was announced originally three years ago, I believe. Um, it's the first game from X Play Dead CEO's new studio, um, the UK-based Jumpship Studios. And yes, it did it did look like Inside to me, which was really really cool. And this looks amazing. Um, the art style is phenomenal. I love these kind of games. I love the setting the very moody, creepy, post-apocalyptic kind of, I, I don't know, is, is it alien invasion kind of world? Looks it gave fantastic. Me, it gave me very War of the Worlds, like the yeah, 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 yeah. kind of Tom yeah. Cruise one vibes. Yeah, 100%. Very dude. much that, yeah, which which I think is, is really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the trailer itself obviously showed all the atmospheric stuff. If you're watching this right now, we're showing off the trailer, and it looks really, really incredible. Um, there's no release date that I'm aware of just yet, but it has been confirmed for Game Pass, like a lot of the other stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It looks incredible. Yeah, no, it does look really cool. And then, Swinney, do you want to cover the next one? Yeah, so Replaced is probably one of the coolest games that I think came out of E3. Um, and from what I could find, this was a new announcement. I couldn't see any previous information about it. Could be mm-hmm. wrong. But it's a very stylish uh, 2D or 2.5D cyberpunk action thriller. So it's a debut title from Sad Cat Studios and published by Coatsync. Um, and actually looking into it, I really like the premise. So essentially you play as an AI stuck in a human body. And just just the idea of what that can lead to narratively, I think, is just fantastic. And it just looks so cool. It also had an absolute banger of a song mm. on the soundtrack. And looking it up, it seems like it's an original song made for the game, which mm. is awesome. Um, I love that stuff. So its release date currently, or its window is 2022 for Xbox and PC and confirmed for Game Pass. Yeah, the layering effect in this game is really, really cool. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the benchmark on the way that games look from an artistic perspective is just, in the last five years, just gone absolutely through the roof. And I don't necessarily think it's the tech. It's just people willing to do different things stylistically, which is really, really sick. Have you guys seen The Last Night? Mm, this is, yeah, this is it's very so reminiscent of it. Yeah, I, I thought it was initially that and I, I thought it's another trailer for it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a game that looks, the, the art style is, to me, it looks very similar to it. And I love it. This is one of my, well, actually, I won't talk about it because I'll spoil it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to <laughs> this one. Have. Just say, yeah. yeah. And I love like, so one thing that they do with these 2D games now, they actually have shaders that you apply to the the, the actual 2D artwork. And then with the 2D artwork, they've put like a, a 3D map over the 2D artwork. That's how they do it. So then when the light shines on, it actually 
looks as if it's like reflecting on the 2D sprite correctly. And which is kind of weird because you're like, wait, this is a 2D sprite. What are they doing here? So it's so cool that they're using like 3D like methodology and then applying it in a backwards way to like retro really style cool. look. So yeah, it just looks so sick, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Mike, I think you're going to cover a lot of these ones. So Stalker 2. Oh God, yes. Stalker 2. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Stalker was always one of the most immersive games I ever played, especially once you start putting mods on and you change the difficulty and you make it a really hardcore sort of game. Now, the last, I think the last Stalker was back in 2009-ish, 2010-ish, which was Call of Pripyat. Um, and since then, we haven't really had a Stalker game. We had the Metro series to fill that gap, but not a proper Stalker game. And, and they, they related, were... by the way, so I don't so, understand that. I believe the a lot of the some of the original team that worked on the original the earlier Stalker games did leave to work on the Metro games. Makes sense. I believe now. so. I believe so. Yeah. It's a different universe and everything, obviously. But it's, uh, the, Metro it's like is a spiritual the, successor or something like you that. Could, you could probably call Metro. it that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Metro is based on the Metro book um the metro 2033 i believe uh Mm. book um and it is set in a different universe in the sense that it's set in in russia in the underground metro whereas obviously shadow of uh, chernobyl was set in chernobyl Mm. um and which is in ukraine so in in any case absolutely looked amazing um from what from what i gather it's a true open world um this time so less hubs none of that kind of stuff it's 64 square kilometers which is quite interesting um massive i think if you're playing a first person experience uh full day and night cycle i guess that's kind of expected because all the games had it metro had it those kind of immersive games tend to have that Otherwise, I think you'll lose some of the the immersion. Um, They're bringing back the, I forget the name of it, but uh, it's the AI-driven encounters. So it wasn't sort of set pieces or set locations where you had particular monsters, but the game would kind of intelligently throw encounters at you. And if I recall correctly, what the original game also had, well, I don't know if it was in the very first Talker game, but through the series, I I remember this would happen. You could also have encounters between different AIs that weren't even playing in front of you or anything like that. And then you'd come across the aftermath of it, which was quite cool as a concept. Um, what I also heard, I don't know if it's if it's completely confirmed, but it's supposed to be really non-linear with a lot of different branches and, and, and as a result, a lot of different endings, depending on where you go and what you do. Um, it is very hardcore from what, what I'm also hearing, which means there's hunger uh, the sleeping you got to do, not just managing radiations and stuff like that, but a lot of other things. Uh, there's over 30 firearms, um, including what I think I'm going to love doing, which is using the shotgun. It's a proper hunting shotgun that was showed in, in the in the bit where he's throwing bolts towards the anomalies. Um, and just a little thing, uh, it there's a really incredible, and I'm I'm try not to order it but there's a really really cool collector's edition and there's an <laughs> ultimate collector's edition which i think is like 380 usd which i absolutely will not be able to get my hands on because by the time you import and all that thing it's probably like 600 bucks um and it comes with a backpack and a really cool light um it looked really cool but again 
not not something I think I'm going to get, but just throwing it out there, worth checking that collector's edition out if you're into that stuff. I feel like he's um, trying to give us hints to buy him presents or something. No, no, like. no, 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 not something like this. This is insanely expensive. But <laughs> I, I absolutely definitely want to, you know, get this game. Um, it, it looks incredible to me. So it is, uh, it is slated for a 28th of April 2022 release. Uh, for Xbox and PC, which is going to be exclusive for at least three months, and of course available on Game Pass. Like pretty much everything in the direct, uh, in pretty the, much, but in worth mentioning just crazy. in case. Yeah, and then uh, Atomic Heart. Oh, Atomic Heart. So, so this game was um, was released. Well, we knew about this game, I think, from back in two thousand and eighteen. Somehow it completely flew under the radar for me. This is actually the first time I've seen it. So, Sweeney, did you see this before? Because you're the one that mentioned that it was it was announced. So I I'd always remember the name, but I remember nothing about the the style and the weirdness of it. Which so is weird. which is so weird cool. because I don't think now that I've seen this, it's like almost like unforgettable. It's just one of the most just strangest looking games I've ever seen. Yeah, it, um, really it is really neat. I remember so, when we were so, watching it live because it was so into the show, right? Like it was yeah. a fair way into it. And I'm like, what is this? What are we watching? So we so it's described as a Soviet nuclear punk nightmare shooter. It's it's a first person <laughs> shooter RPG because I th- it's got RPG elements in it. Yeah. Um, it's it's somewhere would you say it's 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 a weird sort of bioshocky kind of feel to it to me to me i thought of bioshock i thought i'm like wow this is almost like a different bioshock with almost near automata type of enemies and and some of some of the strange aesthetic it's it's hard to describe this it's game hard but to it looks describe, yeah. it looks incredible it's it's very unique looking um, it's developed by a Russian studio called uh, Muntfish, not Muntfish, Muntfish. Um, and it's set sort of, as I uh, alluded to a little earlier, um, in an alternate past Soviet Union. And you play as a deranged KGB officer. So really unique setting to begin with. I mean, I know, you know, Stalker that that we just talked about um, is set in, you know, East Europe slash Russia, uh, Metro set in Russia. So we've got a few of those game set in that in that game world but this is completely out there totally fictional really really cool um and inspired by strange real events um like the dialtov pass incident um and the death of leonid brezhnev which i don't know if i pronounced that correctly that, uh, i don't know if you heard brezhnev? about that but brezhnev? that's where they um instead of like announcing the his passing they played like swan lake on the radio for like hours that's and amazing. so they actually have swan lake playing throughout the game <laughs> <laughs> it feels really like cool. there's a lot of games coming out set in Russia or Soviet times. Pretty yeah. cool, actually. You're right. It is cool. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. Mm. I mean, I've always been, well, you know, I'm a little biased having grown up around there. Ooh, but communist anyway. country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And then the um, last one to round us out. For the so, well, just just another quick one, another quick one, if that's okay, with, with Atomic Heart is it's got the Doom composer. Um, mm, the Australian. Gordon. Yeah, the Australian, I should mention, exactly doing the game soundtrack. Uh, no announcement in terms of the release date, but it will be coming across all the different platforms and it's confirmed from Game Pass, of course. So yeah. the next one. It's such a shame with Mick that he's had such an acrimonious breakup with uh, id software. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like it, like he's an amazing composer. So it's going to be really cool to hear him, especially with the Soviet theme. I feel like, he, you know, like he could do a lot with that. It'd be really cool. Yeah. 
So the next one that we have is, of course, and I don't think it surprised anyone, but it was cool to actually see it properly announced, uh, Flight Simulator mm. on on Xbox Series X and S. Mm. Um, so they have a release date for us, which is the 27th of July, which is kind of just around the corner a month from now, give or take. Um, again, for the Xbox Series S and X. Looks amazing. Um, the only downside, I think, of course, is that it's going to run at 30 FPS. Um, on the Series look, uh, X as well. Even on the Series yes. X, yeah. Wow. Now, to be, to be 1080p, fair, on 30. Uh, I don't know if it's 1080p. I'm assuming it's going to wow. be 4K. It's I think it's probably. It's just confirmed. They just said it's running at 30 frames, which yeah. honestly, given this game's visuals, is yeah. not surprising. It's not surprising. Even, you, people are having issues running this at, at a stable 60 on really beefy PCs. That's true. That's true. So, like, I had it, I had it running with a 3900X only in 2070, but it is very, it is quite CPU heavy as well because um, yeah. of the processing that it does. And even on, on the 3900X, it, it wasn't ideal. And I'm like, how much higher can you go CPU-wise? <laughs> well, you can, but like, really, come on, let's yeah. be okay. reasonable here. So I, I kind of get the 30. Um, a little disappointing, obviously, but I think, I think when you think about it as well, a lot of the time when you think about flying, it's, the, it's not really a fast-paced, fast-moving image. It, it, it can probably be quite okay at 30, if that makes sense. And you're not flying, you know, fighter jets, and I'll talk about that in a sec. You're mostly f- flying, you know, normal planes that don't do crazy maneuvers um, mm. where you need super high frame rate. So I think I think it's one of those games where even at 30, and it's, it, it's, it's going to be a really enjoyable experience. And one of those experiences that I think will benefit people who, for example, just listen to podcasts, and you can just fly around, chill, check places out around the world, uh, now, in terms of the the fighter jet stuff, they have announced a Top Gun expansion, uh, which would be quite cool. Um, when I played the game, and I haven't played it for a couple of months now, I think uh, I there were no fighter jets or anything like that. It was it was just commercial planes and and smaller types of planes. Um, so having a proper you know like the Top Gun expansion with fighter jets and stuff is going to be pretty sweet. I'm looking forward to that one. That's what, that's where you'd actually need it to run at 60. But then you would. Exactly. <laughs> but then it would then I'd take it'd be more taxing. It'd be more taxing to be faster through the world. So. Oh, absolutely. And you kind of you when you're doing the the barrel rolls and all sorts of crazy maneuvers, you probably want that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved I loved it on PC. It's an amazing game. It looks absolutely insanely incredible. So it, the fact that it's now going to be available on on the Series X and S is going to be awesome for people yeah. on console. Now, it was the absolute banger show, the Microsoft one. It was quite long, but yeah, it was really an absolute good. banger. It was really, really good. All right, moving on to another conference, and that's uh, Square Enix. So Square Enix opened their show uh, with Eidos Montreal's Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, so this is the dev behind the modern Deus Ex and Thief games. Uh, this is coming really soon, actually. And I think this is exactly how you do these kind of games. You announce them, and then like three to six months later, they come out. So this is coming out on the 26th of October, 2021, uh, on the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC, and through the cloud on Switch, which when we were watching the Direct and they said about this game being on the Switch, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> really? right at the top it said, oh, this is the cloud version. So probably not available in Australia is the short story of it. Now, I guess presentationally wise, Square kind of went crazy with this. They had the <laughs> trailer, which everyone was like, damn. And I was like super hyped for this game watching it. And then it was like a breakdown of the game. And then it was like 
gameplay of the game. And it they showed a lot. It took thirty every, minutes. It was, it was thirty really minutes cool. of the game. Every time it would like fade out the next one, it would show a logo. Ah, cool. Next one. Yeah, and yeah. then it's more guardians, and then oh, okay, Ooh. all right. Oh, more guardians. Okay. We actually did like like I was watching some people's reaction of it. It was quite funny because they're like, "Oh, great! That was awesome! What's the next game? You know, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. And then it was yeah, more Guardians. It was just like, oh, "What really?" Um, now I, you know, I am not a big Marvel fan of the movies. Love the comics and the cartoons and all that kind of stuff. I I didn't mind the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I don't know. Oh, are there two movies out now? There's yeah. two, right? I've only watched yeah. the first one. They're both pretty good, yeah. Yeah, they're decent movies. I personally had no issue that these aren't the same movie characters. I know that bothers a lot of other people. How did you guys feel about that? No, I thought it was fine. I've seen the movies and I thought it was fine. But I'm like you, I don't have a huge affinity Mm. for the characters, if that makes sense. So it's not... But it's clearly the characters, you know what I mean? It's not... So, yeah, I think the way they've done it is great, where they've really kind of... They've made the character look a lot more unique rather than looking like stunt doubles in the uh, <laughs> in the Avengers game from uh, Crystal Dynamics. And the the thing with this, I understand from a con- from a a game like a consumer standpoint, it's like it's from Square Enix. But so many people keep like going, "Oh, well, it's, they're not doing the, like." Thankfully, they're avoiding this the problem they had with Avengers and stuff. It's like they're different development developers. Like people just need to understand that sure it's a Marvel property, but they're two very different teams working on different things. You know? Yeah, and just on that, like and I don't want to be too insulting to people in the audience or just gamers in general. People are being pretty dumb because it takes. I don't want to be insulting. You're all dumb. <laughs> Come on. No, but like I'll just be clear. It's not like they can change with like three months, six months and react to, okay, Marvel's Avengers, they tried to create this like, you know, game as a service. It failed. I guess for the one that we're developing, Guardians of the Galaxy, we got to turn this into a single player game now. Like that's not how development works. Development's so complex. Like they, from the start, were like, we're going to make this a single player only game. Like that's what we care about. And that's what we're doing. Like it's not a reaction to it. So I I totally agree with you, Sweetie. It it kind of riled me when I heard some of the commentary, even from like enthusiasts and podcasters and stuff. Like this is so dumb what you're saying. Like they would have been developing this already. Like they would have had their own thing. And you know, these studios, they're competitive. Like they're not going, looking after, looking at each other's shoulders. They would be like, we're doing our game, stay out of our territory. We're doing our thing. You're doing your Marvel game. We're doing our Marvel game. And Mm. You know, I'm a fan of this studio. I've only played one of their games, which I loved. And I'm really looking forward to this. I think it looks cool. I love the writing in it. The gameplay, like where they showed the combat, it looks super clunky. It was, it felt a bit clunky, strangely. I don't know why. Yeah, but it's, I'm not playing one of those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It it, it might be all right once you you play it and stuff. And it's it's really funny because, really interesting because it's a single player game and you're only. Controlling Star Lord, I think. Yep, that's right. Yeah, but it's you get all the characters there, but you just use their abilities, which I think is a really interesting mix. Because when you think about a lot of RPGs, uh, and you know, this isn't an RPG per se, but it'll have a whole bunch of RPG elements. Looking at it, you tend to have other characters that you control and use their abilities. Like I'm thinking about, I don't know, uh, the Mass Effect games to some extent. No, actually not. The Mass Effect games are kind of similar to this because you don't really directly control the other characters, but you can 
use their abilities and stuff when you want. Whereas a lot of other RPGs, you got to like switch to the character, use it as a separate character. So this actually looks really, it's, a, it's an awesome mix of... It's, of yeah, mm-hmm. so, no, sorry, finish, finish. No, I was just saying it, it's a really cool mix where you're actually just, it's a single-player experience. You control one of the characters, but the way they've integrated the abilities looks really cool from the other characters. Yeah, it's also very similar to how Final Fantasy Fifteen works, but this combat, as much as it looks clunky, looks way better than Final Fantasy Fifteen's <laughs> crappy combat. Um, yeah, I hey, think we're it's... Not, we're not it's, dissing the, the, the combat or anything. It actually, we're all looking forward to this game, so, I think. Oh, no. It does look clunky, but I think it's the kind of game where it'll be fine when you play. You'll probably forget yeah. how it looked. And the thing is, well, you've got to remember, while there are some great comic book games out there like the uh, Arkham games and mm. things like that, in general, comic book games have had a, a very poor, um, perf- you know, they've just they haven't been great over the years. Yeah, um, and that's why we haven't seen so many of them for so long. Like on the 360 era, we've got horrible like Thor oh, and Iron Man games yeah. and stuff. Um, so I think we've got to remember that this is still a comic book game and it's from a very renowned developer and it looks great. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, just on the Batman games, you know, the combat in that isn't anything too amazing, really. Like, and I love those games, you know, just to plug the uh, game of some other year, 2011 Determination, which is coming out Wednesday again. You know, I was kind of trying to push maybe, you know, one of the Arkham games into that top six. So I love those games, but the combat's not that amazing in those games. So, and I I 100% agree with you, Svinny. Like, we haven't played it as well. So we don't know. Maybe it feels better when you're actually playing it. And I reckon this one, Swinney, is going to be on true achievements debatable about if it's an RPG or not. Because I, I mean, don't it, think it will it, be. It doesn't look it's, at the moment until we still see if there's like proper character sheets and, and skill trees and stuff. You get experience, but mm. the problem is every action game these days has experience mechanics. So, well, that's the thing, right? Because it's like, yeah, you could apply that title to everything. It's yeah. just that some of the director came out and said that. You know, you are you are Star Lord, but it's not you. It's like you're playing a Star Lord, a bit like not maybe as extreme as uh, La Noir, where you're really just playing a character. And it's not you at all. But it kind of felt like that. He he just really wanted to make that clear that you know you're not playing as your own character. It's like you're playing a Star Lord, like you're Star mm-hmm. Lord. So yeah, I'm really hyped about this game. I have to say, I'll probably wait for reviews or like some better indications to see how well it lands. Um, but I'd actually be really keen to pick this one up. Better. All right, well, let's move on to the the next game. Now, so this is hotly rumored and leaked uh, earlier. So this is Team Ninja and then Square coming together to make a game that's inspired by Final Fantasy 1 in an action RPG style called Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Now, the demo came out. It failed. Like, you know, the demo (laughs) when it landed didn't work. It was broken. And wouldn't launch on people in PS5s and consoles. Corrupted. Now, we both have a PS5, Mike and I. I downloaded Indeed. it and Swinney did instruct us, uh, dictator Swinney, that we needed to play this game. Yep. I, uh, I requested because I could not. <laughs> requested. I did not dictate. Mm, kind of said mm. you play it. But, um, it would be cool if someone mm, you kind of said, is, not, is mm. not dictating. I think it was more along the lines of you're off the fo- podcast if you don't play this game. Now, my my life was a bit chaotic, so I couldn't get around to it. Ah, damn, I did. Did you play it? I did play it. Oh, yes. how did you think of it? I thought it was okay. I must admit, I was I wasn't. I, I thought the gameplay was quite solid. Um, okay, really. 
uh, enjoyable gameplay, absolutely enjoyable gameplay. It almost felt like a weird Neo is a good approximation, maybe. It's not quite Sekiro. It's not quite a Dark Souls game, obviously. Nothing like that. It's a lot more action-y. Um, pretty fast-paced, good, solid gameplay. But it just it didn't... It didn't click for me. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've got way too much other stuff to play to commit to something like this Mm. or what it was or the aesthetic. It's really dark and it's just the part where I guess they throw you into it. I don't know if it's in mid-game, start of the actual game when it comes out. I don't know exactly where it is. Um, And the other thing is, and maybe this is again a thing about time, is it throws all these mechanics at you straight away. Mm. And it's there's a little tutorial at the very start, and you kind of have to remember all the different, oh, I can do this, and I can parry this thing, and I can do this, and I'll block with this. And a lot of it is intuitive, but it's one of those you really need to get into it and remember how to do certain things. Because I was dying. I died probably about five, six times oh, wow. until I stopped playing the game, yeah. and I mean, it's remember, it's like a... Souls Neo style game. Kind so of is, yeah. It's no, kind look, of like a exactly. game where you expected to fail for a while. I expected you know? to to fail a little bit, yeah. But Just it, on that, that quickly, like that is one of the biggest challenges of trying to build a vertical slice on a complex game like this, where mm. like how do you bring a player in? Because like I've said this so many times, but when I tried Dark Souls on the Switch when they did the network test. Honestly, it put me off Dark Souls. That's what I mean, yeah. Because it was just like so much. They put you in an area. I went up the stairs. I'm like, who's this big knight dude? Boom, I'm dead straight away. Straight away. I'm like, what the the hell is this game? This game's stupid. (laughs) So so I don't think that's going to necessarily make me not want to get this game or anything Mm because I actually really enjoyed the combat. Mm, Um, Okay. I don't don't know how the lore is going to be. I don't know how interesting the characters are going to be or anything like that. Um, but I think it's, it's got the potential to be a pretty damn solid RPG. Um, and you write about the Dark Souls things. I didn't actually know going into it that it, it was supposed to have that Neo Dark souls sort of some of the mechanics in that. So I noticed when I, when I touched a checkpoint and I went back that the enemies had reset. And I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. So I guess you can go back and kill them again and get more XP and whatnot. Mm. Um, but yeah, wor- worth trying if you get the chance. Uh, it, it, it is is a very solid feeling game. Yeah, um, Swinny, I think you were going to say something. Yeah, about Yeah, so I haven't had obviously been able to play the demo, which we just said. Um, but man, this game talk about falling on your face in your reveal. <laughs> <laughs> this game, the essentially everyone's like, oh man, they're making it like a you know. Final Fantasy 1 action Souls-like from Team Ninja. You know, Team Ninja has a spotty record, but generally speaking, they're good at action games. And it's like, then it comes out and it is just like the probably the worst, one of the worst made trailers I've ever seen for such, for such, yeah, for such a big <laughs> franchise. It's like, oh, get this, chaos, I'm going to go get chaos. And it's just like the completely it's wrong the most animated I've ever seen, oh Sweeney. Oh, my God. It was, Dude, it was oh. like retro. It was like retro. It was like old school square. Cause like, really old school. Yeah. And it, the thing is, right, even like the character designs, right, a lot of people crap on the character designs and the dude, the fact that the dude's just wearing a shirt. But from what I can tell, it's like you will get armor very quickly. You do in the straight demo. away, yeah. And yeah, you do. That's... To me, then don't show the, the dude in a normal shirt. <laughs> show the dude in armor. Like this is meant to be a re- like a, a weird alternate kind of like 
they're building on the, the the story of Final Fantasy One. The Warriors of Light are not like some emo dude, you know. It's like to me the tone, the <laughs> tone enough. is. So... I like all the other characters in Final Fantasy games. No, but like this is Final <laughs> Fantasy One we're talking about, right? It's not. It's oh, not... this was the pre-emo era of Final Fantasy. So this is Final Fantasy One. It's so. definitely like the tone is so different to what the original game is, and I mean mm. the the first sequence of that of Final Fantasy One is you going into. Uh, after you go through the town, you go to the Chaos Shrine and you take on Garland. That's the Chaos. opening. That's the opening of Chaos. Final Fantasy One, and now they've turned it into some ridiculous thing that is a very Team Ninja, especially like um, Ninja Gaiden and stuff. But <laughs> the thing is, by all accounts, they really turned a lot of people around with the demo. There's a lot of people yeah. that love the demo. Oh, dude, it's, um, it's very and solid. The yeah. So I'm super pumped to try this eventually. I think that it'll probably end up being a, a good game. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they, I hope, and I don't think they did, but I hope they chose the worst time, worst parts to include for that trailer because some of that stuff was so maybe it's and maybe the worst part for the demo as well. I just it's very PS2. It's very like PS2 the, era kind yeah. of voice acting and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that's what I kind of love about it. It's so like memey. I feel like the whole chaos thing. And if you haven't watched the trailer, just watch it. It's quite funny. Like, like it's probably a dozen times the word chaos is mentioned in about a hundred seconds. Got to kill. I got to kill chaos. I'm here for chaos. I'm <laughs> chaos. It's just like I chaos. It's honestly like we're here to kill you. You know, they've picked a random kid in year in the English class and said, you're going to write the script for this trailer. It's like, it's fucking chaos. It's just so, I kind of love that about it. It's just so idiotic. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to try the tri- the demo. And we yeah, should say the demo is extended to the 26th of June. So oh. I, I think it was originally a few days earlier it was going to end, but given that when they uploaded uploaded the demo. They uploaded a version that couldn't work on these consoles. I just can't believe exactly. this shit. What a bumpy uh, launch. Mm. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next segment. Uh, Swinney, you wanted to cover the other announcement in Square Enix presentation. Yeah, so it was kind of rumored just before mm. the event. I think Jason Schreier tweeted something out that the Square Enix was looking to put together um, like a remaster of the first six Final Fantasy games. So what they revealed was pixel remaster versions of those first six games. So to be clear, this is not a collection. You know, you don't purchase yep. them all at once. They're sold separately. And they're only coming to PC, Steam, and mobile. <laughs> what a troll. I love it. I know. And I'm, <laughs> I want to get, like, let's get that part out of the way first. Obviously, it completely sucks. It's not coming to PlayStation. And, so, like, I honestly wouldn't have... Ex- Switch. Well, yeah, so I was about to get to that. It's like PlayStation is the one that's like... Freaking, that makes the most sense. Switch obviously makes a huge amount of sense. It even makes sense to put it on Xbox. And maybe they will eventually, but it's just like such a downer to go through. Everyone's like, you see those reactions and it's yeah. like, oh, and then they notice the mobile steam. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, what I, what I actually wanted to talk about is the fact that they didn't really explain what the hell this is. Mm. Um, because, I mean, we've seen these games be re-released countless times and be, you know, have upgraded versions on Game Boy Advance and PSP. We've had 3D versions of Final Fantasy 3 and 4 on the 3DS, and those were all supported to mobile. And they just really gave you no indication at all. They're just like pixel remasters, and they showed a couple of 
brief clips of of uh, gameplay and some logos and that's all they said but some awesome people out there have actually delved deep into what the footage they did show and kind of given us more of an indication of what this stuff might be and it's actually probably more than most people might think mm. so it seems like these remasters are being redrawn or the assets are being re- remade like from the, the ground up are being redrawn the pixels are being redrawn, really? the maps, the battle um, scenario, like backgrounds, all this stuff seems to be um, new, or most of what we've seen is new. And there's two specific uh, people I want to give credit to here. So RPGsite.net, and there's a Twitter user out uh, called Kill Thad, and he's quoted in that uh, RPGsite.net article, where they basically analysed the sprite assets from the trailer and they found that of the ones they could see, most of them are not haven't been used in previous Final Fantasy games, but they're actually closest to sprite artwork that was included in a um, art book called Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Dot Art Book with slight alterations. And in that book, they're labelled as 2018 versions next to the original sprite art. Mm. So it's really. It, to me, like, why would even if you don't like the changes they're going to make, oh. and we haven't seen a lot of it. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, uh. even if you don't like, the, the, to me, it still looks way better than some of the mobile stuff they've done with these these uh, ports. But the thing is, why would you not at least talk about the fact that you, there's work going into this, whether or not it's for good or bad? There's work being put into this to actually, you know, I think the idea is to make the games consistent. So that the sprite mm. artworks from one to six are kind of on the same level, um, and that's also why they're making like they're adding also stuff like mini maps to dungeons, which is actually honestly a good improvement, um, especially in the early Final Fantasy games where the dungeons are just really hard to keep track of, mm. um, and even changes to movement. Like the they've noticed that there's eight way movement in Final Fantasy four. So I like the fact that they're actually putting some work into this, and I think that. I, I'm not going to automatically say I don't like some of the stuff they've changed. I really want to see more footage of it. Um, but it's just weird like to announce it this way and not say anything about it. It's just like, why? Why would you do it that way? But, yeah, yeah so for anyone wondering what they are, this is, a, this is at least more information about the fact that they are redrawing the sprite artworks. So. Yeah, and anyone following on the YouTube video, you can see it. But just uh, for the podcast, yeah, it's quite weird that they've done this. I'm just looking at it myself as well for the first time. So, like, you know, Final Fantasy VI is one of my favorite games of all time. And, yeah, it's really strange that they haven't... Because those sprites look amazing. And they've they've actually redrawn them based more on the 2014 version of it. Which, yeah, mm. it seems really weird to me. Like I yeah, do but- kind of understand going taking from the NES version and maybe trying to make it more like Final Fantasy VI. You know what I mean, Swinny? Yeah, but we already had that with the Game Boy Advance versions. You know, there's already good versions of those. Whether or not they're drawn at the resolution they need for you know these these, these specific pixel remasters and yeah. the, whatever engine they're making in or whatever, but. I mean, as I said, at least it's not as horrible as some of the stuff they've done in the past, like the Chrono Trigger 
port they put out on Steam. The <laughs> so mobile bad. port, like that they've is done so some, hated on Steam, man. They've done some really bad stuff in that. So hopefully, it looks better than that so far. Mm. But we'll see whether or not, like, there could be some horrible redrawn backgrounds for battles, and just imagine what Doom Train looks like in this one. You know, so it, it's honestly a bit painful, and I just really hope they're going down the path of using the Octopath style now. The I always forget, is it HD 2D or 2D HD? I think it's 2D HD. Yeah, the 2D HD. I could be wrong. It's probably the other way. I think it is no, the other don't way. Don't correct me. Don't correct me. I think it's the other way. <laughs> like, whatever it's called, the Octopath style, Octopath Traveler style of mixing 2D and 3D. 2D, 3D, 2.5D HD. Did you check it or you're just saying that? No, I just made it up. It's oh, 2.5D okay, okay. HD. Okay. Anyway. Because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> the You know, that style of mixing the 2D, 3D lighting effects. I just hope that they do that with Corona Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and then I'm, I'll be a happy man. Like, do this thing, make money on mobile. It's amazing that they're not releasing this on the Switch and PlayStation. Like, wow. People were so just... deflated when they saw that they're not releasing it on there. For so long, I've been... <laughs> Just like, oh my god, I want them to package the older games. Yeah. Or Xbox specifically because there's versions of this that you can play on PlayStation, right? Not so oh, much. Switch. It's pretty hard. No, but there's versions out there, right? There's never been versions on Xbox. Yeah. And they've they've now ported all the other ones across and it's like, oh man. But yeah, it sucks that it's not gonna be on consoles. It really does. And it's like you do wonder if they're just releasing it first on PC and mobile, trying to make money there and then release it on the consoles. Like Square does do that kind of <laughs> nasty stuff. Yeah. It's 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 just, it's baffling. Like it's really hard to understand Square sometimes. So yeah, that was another announcement that they had in uh, in their like Square Enix Presents. Uh, and then, yeah, moving on, uh, Swinney, you want to cover this? Because I have no idea about this at all. Yeah, so one of the... Biggest surprises of E3 didn't come out of a conference for me. It was the fact that we heard, we got um, confirmation of Elix 2. So THQ Nordic and the developers Piranha Bytes uh, announced a direct sequel to the sci-fi action RPG. So the first game came out in 2017, two mixed reviews, um, but all of Piranha Bytes games do. A lot of Eurojank games do. Um, but this uh, sequel is coming to PS2 and it just says coming soon. Um, Did you say PS2? Sorry, PS4. Whoa, this is coming to PS2. Brazil will be celebrating. I got confused because I read soon and said two. Um, So it's coming soon, so I reckon it will probably, it wouldn't be surprised, it wouldn't surprise me if it drops um, early next year. Mm. So basically, yeah, it's coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and PC. And, yeah, I'm... I'm super pumped for this. While I won't say that I loved everything about Elix, it is I love the so Piranha Bytes. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, um, they're called like they're considered like the kings of Eurojank because they worked on like the Gothic series and the Risen series. And I haven't played all the Gothic games, but I've, I love all the Risen games, and they they're kind of games that you, you they're they're better than the sum of their parts. If that makes sense, it's like. Mm. 
the kind of the overall experience of playing them makes up for the fact that they're super janky. The graphically, they're not great. The the voice acting is generally absolutely terrible in all of them. But there's so much chaos. Chaos. There's so much charm to them, and just in general, the systems they're just fun games to play. And Mm. at the end of the day, that's that's the most important part. Do you have fun playing it? And that was the same with Elix. But Elix to me was rougher, especially because it performed very badly on the base Xbox One console. So I actually purchased the Xbox One X to play that game specifically. Plus, it was an excuse to have an Xbox One X. But yeah, so basically, they just showed a cinematic trailer, um, and they re- they confirmed you know certain things. The fact that you know the same protagonist is returning, massive focus on factions once again. Um, the main big enemy in the game's no uh, first game's no longer around, uh, uh. but it will have. They say a massively improved combat system, but kind of Elix and all the Risen games kind of have very similar combat systems. So I'd be shocked if it's massively improved. But they have also have they do have screenshots on the Elix website, which is elixgame.com, that do show much improved graphics, at least in the stills. But one of the weirdest things with the trailer had a, a song a new song, an original song written by Corn's Jonathan Davis. Oh, it's cool. Most, it's the most like mid. 2000s trailer ever but it uh, trust me like it fits the tone of the game like these are games that aren't that it's not so much tongue-in-cheek but they're games that you're not taking them seriously they're just fun games so yeah i'm super pumped about this um and i'll i'll mention there's something that um when we get to our E3 wrap up, they're going to mention around Eurojank as well that I okay. was disappointed by. So, just for anyone that is following along at home, they have to understand Swinney has this insane soft spot in his heart for Eurojank. Eurojank yeah. can do no wrong. Oh, it can certainly do wrong. Thanks. Trust me, it can do wrong. <laughs> it can do wrong. Um, <laughs> That's why it's best mates with Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike. My, my, Mike's nickname, Mike, the ultimate Eurojank. Yeah, Mike's nickname is Eurojank. Um, yeah, look, I love I love those kind of RPGs, um, especially like generally the action RPGs as well. So, uh, but yeah, I'm pumped about this, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. So. Are you looking forward to finally playing an RPG that is actually fun, and it's not just about the achievements? I played. I just talked about Regions of Ruin at the start of the show. That was a bunch of fun. Okay. Sorry, I the tone a, of your voice didn't. I play a lot of fun RPGs. I play a lot of crap, but I'll play a lot of fun ones. Borderlands I know, 3 is fun. I know. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. <laughs> you do play it. You, you do remind me of when I was going through my TV phase and just watching every single TV show that I haven't watched and could get my hands on, just like series <laughs> after series. I'm like watching BBC show from the 80s just because I heard that they were good. So Sony does have a bit of an element of that, which is all good, which is all good. Um, no, I'm, I'm happy for you. I have no freaking idea about this game at all. I wouldn't expect interest, you to. But yeah, like, I'm, I'm glad because I know you were pretty, pretty damn excited just, about it. And these are the kind of games that I buy on launch because... I was going to really, ask, yeah. Yeah, I bought Risen 2, Risen 3 and Elix on launch because these are the kind of developers that need that support. Mm. That, that's true. But do you still wait until they do some patches and then play them? I generally don't, although I should. Okay. <laughs> well, if you really want to support them, Swinney, you should pre-order the game. I should. Because that, yeah. that pre-orders are like, just from a business perspective, pre-orders are pretty much the most important thing in gaming for these if companies. I, if I go to EB Games and ask to pre-order Elix 2, they would not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Half-Life Alex 2? Oh, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. And then uh, wrapping up the news, we have some amazing news that just dropped actually the other day that 
the Australian Classification Board has classified Castlevania Advance Collection. So this was just a couple of days ago. Now, what I think has happened here is Konami were initially going to have a, like a presentation in E3, if you recall, like about a month ago, and then they pulled out at you know relatively the last minute. What you probably normally do is you go and get things classified and you uh, you talk to the classification boards of various com- countries and you say, look, we can't have this come out until this date. So I think what's ha- happened is they've probably done this. They've like, you know, classified it, spoken to all the different classification boards, line it up for, you know, whatever dates, the 18th of June. So that lines up to when we were going to present at E3. And then they've gone, oh, you know what, we're going to push this back. So we'll go engage all the classification boards. And given that Australia is like this tiny little territory, not top of mind, you know, oh, is this Japan who looks after Australia? Is this America? Is this Europe? We don't even remember inside of Konami. It's Europe for some reason. And honestly, I think they've probably just missed it in terms of going back to the classification board or the classification board has, you know, four or five week turnaround times. And if you don't tell them in advance early enough, they're just like, well, you know, you told us that that was the date you wanted to publish, so we haven't changed that. And they've gone ahead and published that it's going to be an M rating. And, you know, there's sometimes, like, very rare occasions something Mm. gets classified and it doesn't actually go live. That's very rare. In Australia, it's probably even rarer. And if you look at the classification, you know, if you go back to the original GBA games, they were all kind of like PG, like 8 plus-ish, something like Mm. that. So, But once you probably put them all together in one package, maybe it would trigger a higher rating. How, though? How? Well, it's kind of like, you know, accumulation it does actually happen in Australia with the rating system. But then you look at it and you go, well, this is mm-hmm. M2. So that's also ticking on the original Castlevania anniversary collection. And it's also M2 as the author. So, man, this all checks out. So this feels like the three Castlevania games that were released on the GBA are going to come out in a collection, which... This has been an amazing week for me. I am like the hugest fan nice. of Metrovanias on the GBA. And this has just been like heaven what, for me this week. What platform? What platforms? Oh, it's just multi-platform. So, uh, yeah. Does it mean Switch, please? Because come yeah, on, it, it needs to be on the Switch. Oh, uh, re- they released the anniversary collection on everything. They'll release this on everything. Correct. Okay, cool. correct. So, cool, I, don't, cool. I don't think you heard it because you had to go away, Swinny, but I just think that they would have had this lined up for E3 and then forgotten to, you know, reach out to the classification board to actually not let them or not get them to publish it. So, But where would it have been announced? Well, they were meant to be at E3, Konami, and then they pulled out. So, and, you know, the Australian government's pretty slow with stuff, right? So maybe they did tell them, can you not publish it? And they didn't process it in time. (laughs) And they've actually published it. So the Australian Classification Board and the Korean Classification Board are the, like, (laughs) top two that they seem to have, like, long turnaround times. And was it, oh, I was about to say, like, as the, the leakers, and then you got, like, what? Amazon Mexico or something. Who yeah, was Amazon there? Mexico. Yeah, like, hey. <laughs> Amazon Mexico. And then there's... Amigo, um, here's a copy of... Walmart. Walmart in the States <laughs> does it a lot. And then... Yeah, Why then, not? Yeah, no, no, we're just moving past that. And then in <laughs> Canada, it's Walmart and then also EB Games leaks a lot of stuff. So, Well, do you reckon that's because in Australia, they... We're so strict on it. They ask for the alpha code and they play the full game. No achievements for it, and then they go, <laughs> "Okay, this is what we believe." No, you, <laughs> you know they don't play it. the game. They don't play the game. No, That's I know they. Works, so. I'm just yeah. being an idiot. So, no, like it's. I'm super excited about this, man. Oh. This is like so cool. If they do this, 
this is awesome. I it's going to be interesting playing something like Circle of the Moon on like a big TV if I play it on Xbox it's because be sick. because that game itself is like when you compare the way that Circle of the Moon looks to was it Harmony of Dissonance? Yeah, and then Aria of Sorrow. It's like Harmony of Dissonance graphically is such a huge improvement yeah. over Circle of the Moon. Circle of the Moon almost looks like just it. It looks. Not looks bad, but it looks simple even for a Game Boy Advance game. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, I hope they put some uh, cool features in as well. Yeah, but look, these games are so awesome. Oh, these they're, games they're awesome. amazing. Anyone who's, you know, because like we're old, so play them when they actually came out. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people, even people listening to us, weren't born when these games came out because it's like 2001 and 2 and stuff like that. But um, the one thing that I wonder about this, and it's like, I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but. With the GBA, it didn't have a backlit screen. It didn't even have a frontlit screen when it first released. So the games, they they, got one of those. they actually tuned up the games to try to make it as bright and contrasty as possible. And then through the generation of the GBA, they actually released backlit versions. So depending on when the game was released, it was kind of weird because some were like kind of a bit off because it was like too amped up, the contrast and the brightness and everything like that. Well, so also that put the big... Uh, almost like a stroke outline around the characters as yeah. well. I still yeah. think that will be in because that's like a st- that's, that's an a art style thing. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just hope and M two like if you want to pick anyone to go back and bring a game to the fore now, M two is probably the number one team you'd want. I just hope that they you know take a bit of artistic license and then just tune the brightness and the contrast of the game a little bit just to make them at least consistent. Uh, I'm pretty confident they will do that. Um, and yeah, like Euro Production 2021. I don't know. I feel like this is coming out by the end of the year, which I'm going to be and, super stoked by. And, and Mike, I know you're yep. a massive fan of, of Metroidvanias. These, this collection is going to be freaking awesome for you, considering you've never played these. So. Cool. And yeah. I, know, I know that like so many Metroidvanias have come out and everyone's like, oh, they're way better. But, and it is a bit nostalgic for me, but like this Castlevania series on the Advance and then like Super Metroid Fusion Zero Mission, that six were just like... That's the best for me. They're like the best six Metrovanias. So, yeah, like I'm super pumped for this. You know, and it's so weird because I'm getting the uh, analog uh, pocket around probably the same time that this comes out. So that actually would be more optimal to play on, but I'll probably end up picking this up on the Switch because I want to support it because I just love it. Uh, yeah, and that uh, that rounds out the news, uh, but, but does it really? News. Does it really, though, round out the news? But wait, there's more. Because we are introducing a new segment uh, called The Minuteman. So we did notice that we were adding more and more of, maybe me, but Swinney as well, we're adding more and more update sort of stuff at the start of the show, which is kind of a bit weird because we update, but then we're not actually talking about it. So why are we putting it at the start of the show? So what we've agreed to is actually to have a segment where we only have We've one agreed minute. to. Me- there was mediation involved. <laughs> there was. There was debate. <laughs> that's, what we, that's how we run the show. Uh, and basically, we have, oh, like, I guess I have, we'll rotate this Minuteman thing uh, so that you guys can no, do it as well. No, you're always the Minuteman. Uh, well, I've, I'm experienced as a Minuteman. 
Uh, this is my hitting zone. This is my hitting zone. This is where I shine, <laughs> right? So I'll have a counter and you'll be able to hear some music in the background, some suspense. Yeah, I'll be counting. Music. Your minutes over explaining this. Just, just yeah, get no, to it. I'll spend like five minutes explaining. <laughs> I won't do it next time. I'll just get into it. We'll do the, the minute. And I have checked the copyright. I, I'm not surprised if we get struck because I am taking licensed music <laughs> and putting it into the clip. I did upload it and double check mm. to see if it would work. Can you just bear with me for like two seconds because I'm just double checking my little thing Your in the two background. two seconds are real two seconds because so, it's already been two seconds. So there's a constant struggle between Intergot and myself about what we cover on the show. Yeah. He wants to talk about everything possible. And I'm, but he's also saying, oh, we need to keep the show under two hours. <laughs> it's like yeah. those two things, uh, they're not compatible. He's one of those really demanding bosses. <laughs> I need uh, to deliver it by very 9 understanding, Very understanding boss. Um, yeah, no, but I, like, I feel like some of these things, they're worth mentioning. It's important, right? Like the very first yeah. one that we'll talk about, it's important, right? So it's important to mention. We've talked about it a lot on the show, but it's yes. not going to be a full segment. So, all right, are we ready for the first? Uh... Yes. And, no, and to be clear, you have a maximum of one minute. That's it. Yeah. And once, so there is an alarm. I will turn off the counter if I stop before a minute. My goal in this whole segment is for the audience and you guys to never hear what alarm I've picked. Okay. So, all right, well, let, let's do the intro. Unfortunately, a little bit of the intro takes up a part of my minute. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, right, I'm getting ready. All right, so this is the Minute Man. Next week, it would just be like more like a minute, the segment. <laughs> so, all right, let's get stuck into it. I don't want no Minute Man. All right, we start. So Cyberpunk 2077 is returning to the PlayStation Store on 21st of June 2021. Microsoft reportedly are planning to use xCloud to stream future titles that were based on the Series X to the Xbox One. The medium, originally the only Xbox Series exclusive, is coming out on PlayStation 5 on the 3rd of September 2021. GTA Online and Max Payne 3 servers will be shut down in December 2021 for the PS3 and Xbox 360. Final Fantasy VII Remake and Alan Awake Remastered have been leaked on the Epic Game Store. Xbox Series X mini fridge is launching this year, including outside of the US. Destiny 2 toaster pre-orders are now available. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties is coming to PS5, PS4, Switch PC by Limited Run Games. And Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town is coming to PS4 and Xbox One Q3 this year. Oh! <laughs> Two, seconds it, Two seconds to spare. Two seconds left. Well done. You. I told well, you, I, I, shine. I like that. Give me a minute and I can do anything. And I've got to correct you. Well, you did do it. You that. got two kids out of that. I've got to correct you. The medium was not the only exclusive. It was just one of the bigger ones. At the time, it was the only exclusive. Uh, Gears Tactics, you had the That's Falconeer. on PC. That's on PC. No, but when we talk con- when we talk console exclusive, that's a very different thing. <laughs> no, medium, I played it on PC, so I knew that it wasn't on PC. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought Gears Tactics was on uh, Xbox One. No. Really? Yeah, it, la- it launched with the la- Xbox Series X. You also had the Falconeer. You had Tetris Effect Connected. There was a few, uh, but I'm that's looking just online. Many. It says Xbox One, November 10, 2020. If you check yeah. Wiki. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, all right. Oh, so you- live correction. No, no. So you're talking about that's in... It wasn't on Xbox. Okay, all right. So Gears Tactics, yeah, that's a weird one. But the Falconeer, um, you had a few Tetris Effect. I'm, I'm waiting stuff, for my so. apology, Swinney. Oh, whatever. Get your apology <laughs> out your ass. 
<laughs> I like how he corrects me. He's wrong, and then he insults no, me. I was, no, I was correcting you, saying there was only Double one. Down. There were a few. There just weren't many. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain, Swinney, that the medium when it came out was the only title that was exclusive to the Xbox Series X. And that's like counting PC and Xbox Series X is the same. I vaguely remember something then about the that. The Falconeer and Tetris Effect Connected, I just said those. But when did they come out? They came out and launch. Mm. Yeah, there were a few. There were a few. There just weren't many big ones. I said those games before. This is so. the longest minute man segment. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, you know, one thing about Swinney, he does refuse to apologize most of the time. He has, he has apologized like a few girlfriend. times. He has apologized a few times, which always shocks me. Right? I always correct myself. I have the most corrections, self corrections yeah, of the show. I think the only time you know, is, can I, can I, I heard him apologize is when he said, "I'm sorry, you're wrong." <laughs> But can I say, can I say one thing though, that he does come back and if he is wrong about this, he and will he come back and say, oh, I was wrong. So yeah, I, I, I give him some credit there. I give him some credit there. Uh, <laughs> when he's legit, he's genuine. Yeah, this minute, man, I, I've got to go back to see how long the segment was, but I think it's been about 10 minutes. <laughs> Probably about 10 minutes so far, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. But I, I was actually glad I got to two seconds for the people at home. I, you, I, mean, I noticed at some point you picked up the pace. Yeah, you're like, like, oh crap, there's 25 seconds left and I'm halfway it, through. When it got to GTA Online, I'm like, shit, I'm not going to make it. i got to really rush through this and skip some of those superfluous stuff. Damn, I knew I should have put the FIFA server shutdowns in there. <laughs> Damn it. I don't think there's going to be that much stuff that we put into this segment, so oh, I, I'm pretty confident. We'll see. We'll see. I, this is a challenge now. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to my favorite segment of the week. The bargain bin for the week commencing 20th of June, 2021. So as always, Epic Game Store delivers us as goodies. Uh, thank you, Epic Game Store. So this week, uh, Hell is Other Demons and Overcooked 2, which is an awesome game. That's free this week. So jump on and download some really cool games coming next week, which we'll cover next week, just in case they change their mind. Uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, just keep an eye out because there's the Amazon Prime Day. So that's normally where they have really insane bargains. Tomorrow? So, what, tonight, isn't it? Tonight Starts and then tomorrow. Yeah. At the time of recording. So that's like Sunday mm. and Monday, the 20 and 21st of June. So just keep an eye out because there could be some really deep discounts on some games that you want. Uh, with Nintendo Switch, Hades is 30% off, so it's 26 25 And it's also okay. coming to Game Pass. So that's a bit of a shout out there for Mike, even though you've played it already. Uh, Final Fantasy games are all on sale. It's about 50 to 60% off. Black Isle Studios, Bioware, CRPG games are 50% off. So that's Planetscape, which is 37... Plain, Planescape. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I didn't read that right. Planescape, which is 37.50. Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Editions, uh, 37.50. And Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, 37.50. On the PlayStation... Uh, just the digital highlights inside is 75% off, $7.50. Call of Cthulhu is $10. And As Divine Hearts 1 and 2 are $9.15. Did I say that right, name right, Sweeney? Yeah, yeah. Damn. As Divine. Right. <laughs> right, over to you for Xbox. So we've got, there's a lot of Game Pass announcements coming out of E3, but what we'll do is we're not going to cover them all now because a lot of them are quite far off when the games come out. So we'll cover them closer to the actual edition dates. But we did have a bunch of uh, new editions from the Bethesda catalog that are all available now. So we've got uh, Arx Fatalis, I think that's how you say it, on PC, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider on console and PC, Doom on console, and there's some confusion there whether or not it's being added to PC games. 
Game Pass. We'll see well, how that lands. It hasn't so far, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Evil Within 2 on Content PC, Rage on Console, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus on Content PC, and Fallout, Fallout 2, and Fallout Tactics all make it to PC, which is awesome. Mm, that's and really cool. Fallout, Especially with Tactics. And Fallout 3 on console and PC. There's also some really unfortunate removals um, that are re- leaving the Game Pass on the 30th of June. So you've got Battle Chasers Night War, which is a cool game. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, Mist Over, which I'm not sure what the game is, but some big ones are Monster Hunter World, Soul Calibur 6, and The Messenger. Got to play the messenger while it's still there if you have time. Oh, actually, yeah, there's, there's more. There's more. Sorry, there's two more. There's two more because uh, it cut off an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so uh, long, the list. Yeah, so uh, we've got Out of the Park Baseball 21 and Outer Wilds is leaving on the 30th. Oh, that's right. Yes, because I did comment on that. And there's I, still no 60 FPS thing on it. I wonder if you can still play it in 10 days, probably. That's, you know, I know I'm going to be a bean, a bit like a broken record, sorry, on this, but. Why do they only give you like two weeks to play these games? It's so frustrating to me. Like, yeah, before so, they take them out, you mean? Yeah, just like yeah, that's do these announcements one, one monthly month. thing. Yeah, totally. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's like really, it's actually something I really hate about Game Pass. Not yeah. that they come in and out. Like I accept that. It's just like for me, out of wilds, I want to play that game. Two weeks, I'm not going to bother because I don't think I'll be able to get through it in two weeks. I'll probably get it on PC anyway, to be honest. Yeah, but like, what's the, the point rate. of it, right? What's the, well, yeah, I actually, that's probably console only, so I can't play it anyway. But yeah, it feels like in my time of following this, this is the worst week of like, you know, or worst month or whatever you want to call it, of like removals. Mm. And these are some real bangers. All right, well, let's move on to our special features. And the special feature is that we will be doing the official E3 presentation tier list for on behalf of the ESA and Jeff Keeley. So they gave uh, me an email and then I got onto the phone with Jeff, like great guy, Canadian, very similar to Australian. So, you know, he's a very understanding guy and you know, apologize a lot. loves the podcast, you know, really into it. And he thought, well, you know, hey, why don't you guys rate everything? He can't because he does Summer Games Fest and he's at odds with the ESA and they're looking for a neutral party. And they thought, well, we just want to find a small little channel, small little podcast that can be independent. You know, they know how fiercely independent we are over here. So, yeah, we're going to be doing, we're tasked with uh, coming up with the tier list. So I've got a nice little tier list format here. I am going to make one change, Mike. Yeah, huh? That is, and I'm trying to find it, like how I can edit it. Oh no, I can't! I can't edit it. Damn it! <laughs> I just realized the the overlay that I did is actually like a Photoshop thing. All right, um, can I do this like in a really horrible way? I'll show you what I'm doing because I realized like having now watched all of these presentations, right? That some are just not up to the standard that they should be, right? And my concern is that our trash tier is just going to be overpopulated with uh, with with too many ga- uh, too many sort of you know uh, like titles. So I'm actually going to rename on the fly <laughs> one of them, and let me see how this comes out. Okay, I'm renaming it to Meh, the Meh tier. Ah, so the, wait, are you renaming trash to Meh or C no, to Meh? C, C, okay. C. Do you think that's acceptable? There. (laughs) 
So, sorry guys, I didn't like, this is actually a Photoshop thing that I can't uh, edit. I thought I could just edit this directly. I would have done this before. Wait, is that, is that better like that? Now you're just trying to put lipstick on a pig. Just leave it like that. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I think we've still got Swinny away. So, uh, all right. I, I, I think we'll leave the real top ones. Or do you want to try to do the mid-tier ones? Because okay. I think the funny ones are like the meh and the trash and then the S tier and like high A tier. Some mm. of the ones that we think maybe just like A and B tier. Like maybe let's start with them. And how many of you have you watched? <laughs> uh, about half of them probably. Okay, okay. And then the rest I kind of just got pieces from and trailers from so it's yeah. hard to really for me to judge all of them properly well we'll grab we'll like also uh, get to, we need to have some input but yeah i think like you know and i'm i'm a not a hater but i always like talk down to like devolver's style because i just find it like it's trying to take the piss of things but to me that format i just take the piss of it it's just like okay. tongue-in-cheek styles just whatever but overall i thought the presentation was pretty good and i'd Initially put Devolver's uh, presentation as like an A tier, A tier category. So that's one of them. Keeping it as that. We'll see what Swinny says. Yeah, I'm just I'm just dragging these over into some rough order, and then we'll sort of break it down further. I think I, like the Direct and the Microsoft one, they're going to be pretty high up there. Not to, oh, to me, that's away. an S tier. I just love the stuff. We're not going to do a Swinny and say that Odyssey is the best game and do a tier off the back of that. I'm back for a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. So, um, right. so I, I love the mech tier. Yeah, awesome. I, I had to rename awesome. it because it's too many things <laughs> that are like shit. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so I was just saying we're going to grab some of the A and B tiers and then we'll go to the better ones when you're back. Cool. Um, well, now that you're back, do you want to start off with the trash tiers? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think we all know what's going to be. Um, well, there's a couple, but... I'm just looking. You don't have take two, okay? So then yeah, we well, can yeah, like, <laughs> look. Like we're not a political podcast. Yeah, I don't want to veer into that territory. That to me would definitely be the worst. And I'm not commenting on what they're talking about. It's just E3 is about games. Christmas is about presents. Christmas isn't about you know. Let's talk to you and talk down to you and rah 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 for parking the content. I'm not commenting on the content. It's just the idea of talking down to people. So that would definitely be zero, but I don't want to get us into trouble. So, you yeah. know, that's also awesome. That's below. The tier list, there's something below the tier list, and that's where Take Two right. is. Okay, so, I, won't, I won't go into this, but yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. it's, right, so, it's below trash tier in that sense. <laughs> let's, um, let's go to the worst. And I've got an idea of what the worst is. Yeah, there's... <laughs> let's be real. It's actually the last <laughs> show, pretty much, which is exactly the slow drag. <laughs> that's... Um, I like how you moved it to the right, assuming there's going to be more trash tiers. Well, but that that is if to the right is the worst. Yes, yeah. the worst, the worst, the worst. Is the worst. Okay. You can't be beaten. I, for yeah, for anybody me. that didn't catch what Bandai Namco showed off, that's because they didn't show off anything. <laughs> All they did was just have a bit of a little deep dive into their man of uh, not man of Medan, It's their Dark Pictures anthology, House of Ashes um, game, which looks cool for people who love horror oh. games, but it's not the game to have a single showcase for E3, especially... Or someone as big as Bandai. Especially when you're Bandai and Anchor with Elden yeah. Ring. Elden Ring, motherfucker. You know, what are you with, doing? With Tales of Arise. <laughs> all these massive games on the horizon, and you don't show any of them. So they're the, they're the trash. And team. it's just like Konami. Konami said, we're doing E3. Then they said, we're not. 
right? That's smart. I think that's smart. It's like, if you don't think you've got a good enough show, you don't need to show anything. No one's turning around saying, what's Konami doing? Oh, you know, like in trashing them. So this was so weird with Bandai Namco. I actually asked Swinny, I'm like, I don't think I've, like, can you send me a feed? Like, I don't understand what I've watched. Because I've watched this guy and he just talked about a game, like a developer. Like, wh- what was the presentation? And you're like, no, that was the presentation. I'm like, shit, dude, that was horrible. So, yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. I've got an idea of what the next worst would be. Which is? Well, what do you think, Sweeney? I I kind of think it's got to be Capcom. Yeah, that's mm. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it's because the thing is, right, they showed some stuff stuff about games that people are looking forward to but they didn't show a single new thing and even the new announcement they had about resident evil village dlc they just showed text and talked about it <laughs> which was just like what i don't know if you watched it mike but well, they don't want to spoil anything no but the tone of it was so bizarre it's like you know wow you know we, we're we're blown away by how much everyone loves this game and wants this game and you know demanding dlc for it so oh I guess we'll have to make DLC for the game. <laughs> like Capcom are like maybe the leaders of DLC. Like they love DLC. They're so obsessed about DLC. They've they were the ones that were pioneering some of the DLC practices where they would have DLC on the disc and you have to pay for it, but it's already on the <laughs> disc itself. So I mean, what like what a piss take there. Um, just thinking like other ones that are in trash tier. Hmm. Look, I don't think the, the I don't think any of them are trash. I think mm. there's some meh and some in B tier. I think they're the two trash ones for me. Yeah, because yeah, there's some of the other ones that I'm thinking, but they're not like trash is probably too aggressive. So yeah, yeah, like that's why I introduced the meh tier. <laughs> the meh tier, some of <laughs> some of where the trash might have been. Uh, did you want to cover any of the meh tier, or do you want to switch out to some of the A's and B's? We'll keep well, the top to the last. I the last one I watched was actually Limited Run. Okay. And Limited Run had some really cool games, but it was presented in pro- possibly the worst way possible mm-hmm. where they tried to do the Devolver thing, but they failed at it way worse than Devolver ever has. Oh, you and reckon? The, I didn't yeah, take it like that. Okay, interesting. I think they, there were some moments where the comedy worked, but to me the comedy, it was being delivered by people that just had no comedic timing. And as soon as... Um, Mega, uh, was it Mega 64? Yeah, as soon as, is it Mega 64? Is that what they're called? You know, the, yeah, Mega the, 64. Yeah, yeah Mega, I'm like, it's like, like the comedy troupe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they showed up for a couple of segments, it's like, man, these are people that know how to do comedy. Yeah, 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 and it was just immediately better. But I just think that they tried to do something that they just weren't ready to do. But the mm. announcements that they had were cool. So I'm very torn mm. whether or not that's a met or, met a, B. or a B. I would probably put it as like the lower end of the B myself. Wow. I definitely wouldn't put it in the meh. Like yeah. I was almost going that might be like a low A tier. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. top B tier is... is they yeah. had some cool games. They announced that Haven is coming to PS4 and PS5, which is a game I love. So they had some cool stuff. So Yeah, no, I think it's really decent, that one. Um, the ones that I'm a bit like whatever about is kind of like future game show and the game, the PC gaming show. So I think they were actually, so we've got this meteor, we're actually going to use it. Uh, <laughs> the future game show, I actually really liked that. Really? Um, yeah. Oh my I did. God. That was the definition of meh for me. <laughs> no, I really liked it because I had a really, a lot of good game, uh, games I liked and the games I 
knew about that I was just looking forward to seeing more about. But mm. I'm actually I'm a big fan of Laura Bailey, and I think Troy Baker can be good at times. And I thought that they actually did really well as the hosts. Mm. Um, so, and you can tell the difference, like in when you've got voice actors doing stuff versus you know people that aren't really doing that stuff. I actually really like the Future Game Show, but it's not an A tier. I think that's a B tier. But oh, I don't yeah. think that's a meh. For me. I would have had it in the meh tier for sure. No, so, I thought there was some. I thought there was some good stuff that they showed off. So. Well, why don't we put it in the low B tier, given that yeah, it's kind of like midway good. between what that we're thinking. Good. Well, PC, I had also in the meh tier. I mean, there was some cool stuff announced, but it to me, like a big part of these shows is I don't want it to just be like trailer talk, trailer talk, trailer talk, trailer talk, and it felt like so laborious after a while with a PC gaming show. It's just like yeah. so much, like oh. Uh, I'm okay with meh for this one, although I think that the way they presented it was actually pretty decent. Um, the whole, like, it, it grew tired after the first, like, couple of segments, but yeah. I thought that was a better example of doing that than the limited run for me. But the okay. the actual news and the games they showed wasn't very interesting to me, and it's just maybe that's just not my kind of games. Yeah. So. I mean, Gearbox for me is another meh tier. Yeah, I would agree. I think they had they had some stuff to talk about, and I'm actually I am actually really interested in the Borderlands movie, but I they didn't have anything any real big new new stuff to talk mm. about. They kind of and and it was the right decision, but they Tiny Teens Wonderlands was shown at Summer Games Fest, which is the biggest new announcement that Gearbox had of E3. Um, so all they could really do is just show the same trailer and a couple more screenshots and things, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy with Gearbox going in there. I would probably put it above PC Gaming Show. Yeah, but I agree with whatever. that. Like, I'm not going to live or die on them. I, I think team. I did enjoy it more than a lot of other people did because I also liked... Uh, the Borderlands movie just seems so bizarre. Yeah. The, the amount of people they're getting on that movie as well, and they've got Kevin Hart in the, the E3 presentation for yeah. gearbox is so bizarre it's like what how are they gotten think, these people i think gearbox also hinges on your enjoyment of that hinges on how how you feel about randy pitchford i i like randy pitchford he's made a lot of mistakes but i actually like the guy um but a lot of people hate the guy that's so true. That's there was true. a lot of randy in this so if you don't like him you wouldn't like this it was honestly like a vanity project in terms of oh, this, yeah. this yeah. you know presentation it was just so like he was interrupting he was like doing a mic on kevin hart like kevin hart was <laughs> trying to get some comedic timing going and he's like jumping in i'm like what are you doing dude like let him be funny that's what he does like that's his wheelhouse yeah but i don't mind the guy either so i think we're very like um skewed compared to a lot of other people all yeah. right let's get into the tricky ones square Square, there's a lot wrong about what Square did, but they they had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a really cool new game to yeah. show off. They just probably showed off a bit too much. <laughs> way of it. too much. Way too <laughs> much. And the style the, of the, the, how they did it. The I, 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 remark- Speaking of style, by the way, I like the style of the actual presentation, though. It yeah, felt yeah the transition and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. So this is, yeah, they started that when they did the Square Enix Presents that we covered a few months ago, and I really liked it as well. It's very Persona-esque. Well, that's what um, I thought. I thought it was for Persona. They were, that, that's where it started, and they've just kept that style. <laughs> well, I mean, cool. they, don't, they don't have anything to do with Persona, so. Oh. That's Sega and Atlas. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, what yeah. the hell is it looks so much like Persona? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, um, sorry. Yeah, so the but they they had so they not only had the horrible trailer for Stranger Paradise and the weird <laughs> remaster thing, which wasn't a bad trailer, but um, they just 
oh man, like there was just some weird stuff that they showed off. And they also didn't show off stuff that people really, really wanted to see. They really wanted to hear about um, Final Fantasy 16 or potentially the mm. Dunlin update on Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. I think there's just some... When we talk about disappointments, it's not my big disappointment, but I can understand why they've got the biggest things they have in the pipeline they didn't talk about, basically. Yeah. Um, so I would pro- I would put this in the B tier myself. That was a B for me, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. And I, I watched it live as well. I think this is high A tier. Huh. So low A then? Are you low A, compromise we- No, I'll probably go high B. <laughs> oh, sorry, I meant high B. I was, yeah, high B. No, it's high B. High high B yeah. Top B, By yeah. the way, I'm, I must have missed why Devolver is sitting in the A tier right now. Oh, it was when you were away, so don't you okay. talk bad. Uh, no, no. I just I, I like to change. Sorry. So we'll cover Devolver next. So like, I just okay. felt like, you know, I'm not a fan of the style, like that tongue in cheek, mm. you know, sarcastic. Like, because I think it's so tropey now. Like in terms of what they do with that stuff, the fourth wall stuff, it's it's become a trope itself. But I did like the presentation. I watched the whole thing. I thought it was really good. The, yeah, okay. it's it's more the announcements which were really weak. Um, so I think it could get bumped down to B quite easily. To me, to me, it's a B tier. To me, the way they presented it was the it was the worst example of what Devolver have done. I've liked stuff in the past. I've oh, even okay, liked interesting. Um, but, but they went all out, as in the way they did it, and it was like watching a film. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. I think a lot of effort went into that. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm for happy sure. for for high B or low A, either one of those. Well, maybe before, like maybe between Square and Limited Run, you reckon? That sounds good to me, yeah. Mike? Yeah, probably. I'd, look, I'd personally probably put it as, as a high B because I wasn't super excited about the titles they announced. That's so, probably why I put it between yeah. like Square because I think the way Square presented it looked awesome and then the- Guardians was big. It's just like too long. I forget the name of it, but yeah. that uh, black and white like samurai game they showed off looked really cool. I'm going to mm. put it in between. It sounds like yeah. we're kind of like all around Probably that in between, mark. Yeah. All right, now we're getting into the bees. Look at this list. Shame on you, Capcom and Bandai Namco. It's so bad. That was serious trash. <laughs> and it was Take awesome. Two has entered the chat. I didn't watch them live, but it was awesome to watch the chat like in replay because it's cool how you can do that and just like the sentiment <laughs> is bombing in those present day the bandai namco was the worst <laughs> i was like what is that really it anyway all right uh do you want to do ubisoft yeah mm. i think ubisoft is definitely a tier yeah, yeah definitely i think a tier for sure probably the lower a tier out of the remaining ones mm. but it might be the high A tier if there's no other in the A tier well, potentially. Well, yeah, the other ones could be S tier. Yeah. No, so, I, I'm on the same page as that. I think the Mario plus Rabbids revelation. Like Avatar, I know that we're not necessarily the biggest fans of it, but that was, like, I mm. didn't know that was coming. Like, I, I thought it was a pretty damn good presentation. But just, yeah, like, yeah. you think about it, like, they had the the much improved look at Rise Republic. They even, I went back and... I, I watched someone else watching because uh, I'm just weird like that. The Ubisoft one again, and because you're a um, Ubisoft fan, you're a shill. No, well, I've done it to a lot of the presentations. It also helps me absorb the news in a second time, but a different yeah. way. Yeah, but, true. Um, the Rainbow Six Extraction gameplay, I kind of like zoned out the first time I watched that because it was really early in the morning. Yeah. It was really early in the morning, and this time I was watching, I was much more, you know, awake. And mm. that actually looks pretty neat. So it um, does. Yeah. Well, I was interest, intrigued because they're sort of 
people were positioning it as more like a single player six like Rainbow Six Siege style game. Well, it's and, not single player; it's like three player. Oh yeah, but you can play it single player. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that kind of like intrigues me because I I do want to play Siege, but now I'm being stubborn that I'm just waiting for it to go free to play. I was hoping that we're going to announce that in this. Um, so, it should be a free to play game given the crazy DLCs and that. Yeah, and then Rocket League and everything else has gone free to play. All right, Summer Games Fest. Yeah, Summer Better Games. I really enjoyed it. It was just way too long. Yeah, um, and that. And there's also some announcements I just don't care about in there. But they, had, they also had Elden Ring. Like, mm. you know, that's huge. And I think the big knock on it for me, because, you know, the music, all this kind of stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. But I get other people like it. It's just some of the announcements were just so flat. Like, mm. why is this in here? It's like, how much are you getting paid, Jeff, to put this in here? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Do you reckon A, high A tier? I would put this high A. Uh, yeah, know. yeah, high A. They had a lot of really cool announcements, though. So uh, I just yeah. don't think it can be S yeah. because it was sort of like, personally, there's just some stuff in there that were just like, oh, this is so like lame, like mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. It was it was a bit of a quantity over some quality, I think. And without beating the punch, like we both know, like we, we all know the three of us that Microsoft and Nintendo would be S tier. Does everyone agree? Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is the hard thing. Which one's first? And don't forget, boys, this is the official. I'm this voting is the for official determination. Microsoft personally. Really? Ooh. I just think there are more things there that I go, yep, I will play that, I will play that, I will play that, I will play that, and they're mm. all on Game Pass. Sick. Not all, but most, yeah, on Game well, Pass. Well, most, yeah. most, yeah. All the ones that I was really excited for, I think, mm. were on Game Pass. And I like the Nintendo one, but it, it also... It felt a lot more expected. There were no real plot twists in that one to me. What, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Hang on. Uh, hang on. Other than the, well, technically there wasn't a plot twist for me because I knew that was happening. So what about you, Advanced Wars remake? Other than for you, number one, the you number didn't one know was biggest happening. thing. You didn't know well, anything about well, Metroid Dread. Clearly I did because it. I predicted it. Therefore, it wasn't a surprise to me. Okay. All, <laughs> oh all jokes aside, all jokes aside, <laughs> that was probably the biggest, of course. Yes. But everything else kind of felt like, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, we know we're going to be able to see some gameplay footage of the new sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, and I, I, as a result, look, awesome. Definitely S tier. I just think I got way more excited seeing some of the, the Microsoft stuff. So that's just me. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I, I think in terms of just overall stuff, like amount of games, like, Obviously, Xbox was longer, so that it's naturally going to have a, um, advantage. But it was good sense. quality stuff as well. But, yeah, I liked yeah. a lot of like I liked a lot of what they shown. But as a presentation to actually watch and enjoy, the Nintendo Direct was way more enjoyable, just because mm, their presentation style. And I think we talked about Intigot potentially like dissecting how they actually present this stuff. And yeah, the structure. yeah. Um, just the you know, and obviously I'm a huge Smash fan, and I'm also a huge Tekken fan. So the opening announcement of Kazuya was just like oh this is awesome so for me i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to give the edge to nintendo just based on it was just more enjoyable to watch for me it's up to you now into gut well i mean you know don't let you know what i'm gonna go for like don't let him influence you just because of one game I'm the, I'm the Nintendo shill here. And oh, also, like, I'm wearing a Super <laughs> Metroid we shirt. Biased as hell. 
No, look, like, the thing for me is uh, that this is about the presentation. It's not just the announcements, right? Mm-hmm. And I, just like I do with work, actually, like, when you do things online and you're absorbing things online and you're sitting at a computer or anything like that, you just have to be punchier than if you were on stage. And I think the biggest failing that Microsoft did, and the only, because I think it was their best show they've ever had, by the way, like from an E3 perspective, Mm. is that they took their stage show and kind of just made it digital and they didn't modify it enough. So they didn't go, yeah, our stage show will go an hour and a half, two hours. And then they just made the digital one like an hour and a half. I think they could have easily like actually compressed it and taken out a bunch of the announcements Mm. And it would have been way punchier. That being said as well, though, with the Nintendo one, you know, I wasn't expecting a Mario Party. And I think that's like super cool that they're doing that. Absolutely was not expecting that they're going to go back and reboot Advance Wars. That's super cool. And it's like very nostalgic for me because I've played these games, right? Yeah, that's fair enough. New, yeah. new sort of like Smash announcement. And then WarioWare as well. Like, that's like, I, I, you know, I'd be really keen to get that if it lands well. And then obviously, like, seeing, you know, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and, you know, look, we were expecting Breath of the Wild to be there. I mean, like, that would have been the easiest prediction of all mankind. Yeah. You know, very disappointing for me that it was going to be 2022 or aim for 2022, which is like so scary to me. Which is why it, it, this is not an S. I mean, it's it's obviously not as good as the Xbox one. Yeah, Too much disappointment in this. Hey, but, we've, oh no, sorry, go finish your line of thought. No, I, I was just saying that, you know, the, seeing the sky traversal and everything like that, it's like I never expected that they'll go going to the sky in that game. And then finally, well, you know, and then Mario plus Rabbids, that kind of doesn't count because that was Ubisoft, but... You know, obviously Metroid Dread, that's the biggest announcement of everything that's happened so far for me. Yeah, and I'll, give, I'll give you that. That was just insane to see that, like in the way All that right, they brought that right, right. Right. The no- To me, the, no- the knock against Xbox as well is, while I don't, like, I, I think it looks interesting, the one last thing of Redfall is very telling we didn't even cover that because we weren't super interested in it. So um, that, to me, that just makes, what are you doing, Mike? He's not aligning, aligning it properly. Sorry, I'm listening. I'm just I'm trying to tell you. him it's not aligned properly. <laughs> what, the it Nintendo is. one or what? Anyway, anyway. The Xbox one. Move it up a bit. Oh, All right. yeah, you're right. So, Sorry, yeah, going, so the fact that we didn't even talk about Redfall to me tells tells me that it felt flat at the end. So. That was a bad one last thing. That was a bad one last thing. Yeah. I, that didn't appeal to me at all. A lot of other people like that, though. To oh be yeah, fair, so. I just and I was interested to see gameplay, but yeah, I think that is a mark against it. So I yeah. like this tier list. It looks all. Yeah, I think this actually looks pretty good. This is pretty decent. Oh, our easiest tier list ever. And this is the official E3 pretty tier much, list yeah. for everyone. You can't come at us because they gave us the power to do the official tier list. No one's thought of this idea, so we'll publish it. And uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, direct all criticism to Swinney as he normally gets with tier lists. <laughs> No, honestly, on this list. All right. Uh, do we want to wrap it up and go to the final segment, which Let's is do it. our E3 wrap up? So, this is us celebrating E3. Uh, you know, I, I still think, I know this is such a bad way to start the segment. I think that this year they will go back to a stage show next year for E3. But I think this is really, this should teach a lot of the publishers that going too hard in E3 is not actually worth it. 
I think you get so many of your announcements drowned out by all the other media covering it. And I think it's also that, you know, you want to try to break through the media to like be more like mainstream media. But I think games are so big now that even just when people announce something just during the course of the year, I actually do see stuff popping up in the regular news about like big announcements of games. So I think, you know, historically they used A3 as a mechanism to try to pull it all together and then, you know, get a big bang in terms of, you know, mass media. But I don't think it's required anymore. So I'd be kind of surprised if next year's A3 is actually bigger than this one's. And this one, in some ways, may have disappointed some people. Like, do you think next year will be just as big as this year? Hard to tell. Maybe next year they'll go back to having an actual physical E3. Oh, they definitely will. There's no doubt about that. Like, they're already talking about the Game Awards being physical this year. That's in December. So you don't have a view on it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, the the, the only thing I think is I actually kind of like the format of having, having them do it all digitally, having the releases like this. I don't know. I don't mind it. It's convenient given that i can't go to e3 physically anyway so for me i I actually (laughs) miss the the stage show presentations because because it's live and because you've got people who aren't naturally like presenters that's a good point as well yeah you get the the amount of memes and and, like funny shit that happens like i feel like all those awesome compilations that you know youtubers do of like just people failing at like e3 to me, mm. I really miss that. <laughs> like, that's almost the charm of E3 a little bit for me, that it's just, like, so embarrassing, <laughs> some of the people and the way they present and stuff like that. Just like us. Yeah, well, you know, by the way, <laughs> if I had to, like, do that, I'd be, like, shitting myself. Like, yeah. Because gamers are, like, some of the most critical people out there. You probably couldn't pick a, a group of people who are more critical in that way. So, all right, well, uh, let's let's... Well, with it, just before, because we're going to go through it, like how we went with our predictions, uh-huh. what our each top three highlights were for the show, and then also to our biggest disappointments. Were there any other things before we were wrapping up E3 that you wanted to shout out? Swinny, anything from you? No, Swinny's off. He's, he's, oh, he's just, off. Yeah. No, nothing for me. I'm uh, also like how you're like I, just just for people who are listening on the podcast. Mike is like shaking his head, like indicating no in a primarily audio podcast. Uh, no, no, it's my thought process. It's me thinking aloud <laughs> oh, of what, what's inside my head, which is a bit. I, I was dropped as a child. Okay, Jeez, just like don't blame my mom for <laughs> this it. Is it was an accident. This is Eurojank in, in action. The, this is how the Eurojank happened. <laughs> Dropped as a child, in case anyone's wondering. Oh god! All right. Also, also, while we wait for Swinney, yeah. Given that I was born, I was. I won't mention the exact year or anything, but I was born right after the Chernobyl incident. Well, then people can easily Which, pick when you're born. You idiot. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They won't know the exact <laughs> what time. A dumb so way just what a dumb way. Anyway. So the 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 radioactive cloud <laughs> that moved across all of Europe. <laughs> affected me mentally and in other ways it, in some ways positively i have to say you know but i didn't well think endowed it, did which it go i would in like that to blame the radiation for i thought yeah. it didn't go in that direction no no it did it did and it oh. actually affected places like i think sweden yeah um, no, but that's what i thought i anything. thought it went yeah. in that direction not no, in... it kind of went sweeping it it, it, it moved around <laughs> really? it moved around okay so so yeah so other than the fact that it it affected 
Little Mikey, you know. Mm. Little Mikey. Radiation growth? No, radiation shrinkage, you mean. Growth? Shrinkage. It's pure shrinkage. Radiation poisoning shrinks. It shrank from the initial 10 inch it was going to be. That was naturally (laughs) endowed. Oh my God, you just go straight to being bonger about it. Slightly smaller at nine. Anyway. Just lop off 10, like a decimal place. (laughs) Fine, I'll lop off a decimal place. Anyway, old dumb jokes aside. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently, what did happen though, and it's kind of relevant because Stalker was announced at E3, so it's part of the conversation. Plus, I'm just waiting for Spinny here. Yeah. Uh, by the, by the way, Spinny, once affect- you listen back to this, Mike is the worst. Co- I will never do this podcast again <laughs> just with Mike. So I ask him something and he shakes his head no. I'm like, this is an audio podcast, you idiot. <laughs> no, it's just my brain. And then Brandy. I'm like, anyway. I'm trying to like just not pat it out. I'm giving good value to the listeners. But this idiot <laughs> is like, oh, no, got nothing to say. I'm like, what do you think about next year? <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> you know, who knows? No, no, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I'm like, yeah, of course thinking. you don't know what's going to happen next year. I was thinking aloud. Sorry, sorry, do you be weak as I just have That's to right. go and quickly do something. So Think, how's Swinney, you've earned the right to do this. Mike never has earned the right. <laughs> anyway. So, let, wait, wait, let me just finish that point. Let no, me just let's finish not. the point. No, no, there is there is something that's not a joke. It actually there's a lot of people from that era that have thyroid issues. And it is believed it is wait, believed. What? what are you talking about? Okay, he's talking, talking about, about Stalker and he, Chernobyl. Okay? His idea Jesus of Christ, patting things out. out his idea <laughs> of patting things out is to talk about the Chernobyl incident. <laughs> and he's talking about radiation poisoning and people dying. That's what, what this is what's happened not, since you've gone to any. What, to not talk about your highlights and your disappointments. Yeah. And that's no, not what? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a segue into the fact that the new Stalker game is one of my highlights. Well, oh, you hadn't talked about your highlights yet. No, no, we're waiting for you. We're I was trying for you. to introduce the oh, highlight. I thought you yeah. guys would have covered your stuff. Right? No, 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 no. I was, was going to go introduction to the highlight. Oh, <laughs> oh now I feel even worse. <laughs> no, I was going to go oh. into the predictions, like, but I was seeing okay, if Mike, talk about the Mike can help first. pat it out just a little bit, and then instead he talks Wait, about his hang member. On. He talks about his hang member. On. He talks about the Chernobyl <laughs> incident. He says that he doesn't know the future. Because I go, what do you think about E3? Oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen at E3 next year. I'm like, yeah, no shit, you don't know. This is a fucking well, well, analytical I should podcast. Know. I should know because I, I had I had a pretty good prediction, did I not? All right, well, let's get into predictions. Speaking of, let's get All into right. it. Let's get into predictions. Yeah. Now, do we want to just whip through this pretty quickly? Yeah. All right. yeah so it. with me, total fail. I did try to go hard in the paint and failed completely. I had Super Mario X Donkey Kong Kingdoms Collide. Yep, way off. Nothing, nothing Donkey Kong or Playing Super Mario post. really was announced. Uh, Quake reboot by id and, and xCloud Lite on Switch also fail. And then I had Smash Sora from Kingdom Hearts. No, total fail there. Swinny, yes. Xbox announces Killer Instinct 2. And eh. Nintendo announces Xenoblade Warriors, which I think is a really good idea, but that didn't happen. And then Square Enix announces Secret of Evermore Remake. We had nothing on that. Smash, no. you had Ryu Hayobosu from Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> I think you're actually closer to me <laughs> on your pick. Uh, but yeah, we're also a fail on that. And Mike, now he's going to start gloating. And by the way, yeah, well, I'll cover no, it then. I don't but- gloat. I don't gloat. <laughs> I don't gloat about my nine inch penis. I do not gloat, okay? Just- well, you're not going to go. Gloat- Inter got schooling other people on gloating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the well, king of gloat. I think once you get to <laughs> your gloat. other predictions, so you had new Fable gameplay and it's going to be released in November 2021. Hear me out. Hear me out. No. Hear me out. 
Apparently, it's running on the same engine as Forza Horizon. <laughs> it is. No, no, it is. Mm. We've known about that since it was announced. Therefore, therefore, kind of fable. Well, you actually said November twenty twenty one, and that's when Horizon Five uh, is coming out. In November twenty twenty one. I mean, you know, Forza Horizon <laughs> Fable, similar games. We'll go into your other great predictions. A new Duke Nukem game, and the Smash yeah, character will be off. Duke Nukem. <laughs> Way off and way off. <laughs> and then your one prediction that did come true, and I did yes. I did coach you the into this prediction, prediction, by the way. out of all of us that actually did come true. Thank well, you. your your ones were very <laughs> more straightforward than ours, but uh, a new Metroid game, you said, correct? Yeah. And then yeah. I actually boxed you in the corner because I said, well, that was my third slash fourth prediction. Yeah. You know, is it Metroid 5? Is it like a remake? When's it coming out? And you did, and say, did I say Metroid 5. Metroid 5. Give you credit for that. Metroid yeah. 5. And it had like. explicitly in the title, Metroid 5. Uh, in a very Mike classic wins. Metroid scene. Mike, Mike wins. Mike destroyed Finally, it. for once in my life. And as I said at the time, I said, I'd be very happy if, if you come, if you're correct with that. So that was really good. All right. With top three highlights, do you want to just do our top, top? So we'll do it in order, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I cool. Think- Oh, as in order, as in I'm just I, they're just my top three. I'm um, they're not like one. Oh, you two, haven't ranked three. it? Nah, no. Nah. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to just if do guys, one if each? If you guys want to, yeah, if you guys want to rank, yeah. then I'm happy to. But, well, I've ranked yeah. it, but All right, I don't really, I'm not ranking them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Uh, Intergot. What, what were your highlights? <laughs> Wait, if you're ranking it, I'll go. I'll go my third, and then let's go work. your third. All yeah. right, let's do our thirds. Uh, and I don't think you guys would guess mine. My why, third, are go, why are we going around the table? Let's just talk about all our stuff. All right, then. Jesus. <laughs> I'll do my top three in reverse order. This, to build this suspense. is clearly the most pre-planned segment we've had <laughs> so far. All right. So my third, and I don't think you'd guess mine. My third is Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Mm. I, no, like, I wouldn't have guessed that, actually. I, I kind of wanted to push other games, but then I'm like, I just am really compelled with the way it looks, the mm. way it sounds. I love the developer. The humor. I'm just really looking choices. forward to some more information about it, maybe even reviews and then jump on it. Uh, mm. My number two is Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Interesting. Okay. I love the original love game. Fun. And I'm super, super excited that... The first game was 100 people developing it. Mm-hmm. This game, it's 300 people. Whoa. And just the fact that it's like the same people doing it, but they've just got way more resources, way more faith from Nintendo as well, given how well the first game turned out. I just really feel like that game's going to be special. And even though it's got a bit of hype on it, I, I just think it will sort of elevate to another level. And then my number one is going to be obvious. It's Metroid Dread. I was like super excited when this was announced and... I'm so disappointed that I can't get it on day one, but you know that's that's a bit of a meme for me. Uh, how about you, Mike? What's your top three? So I've explicitly excluded Metroid out of this one because it's an obvious one to me. No, so but that, like, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Whatever. Nothing I say makes sense. Nothing I say makes sense. Just discount it for a second. Can I just pause you there? That's like going. It's a given. Usain Bolt, you you know, you came first, but it's so obvious you're going to run first, so you're not getting the gold. We're just moving yeah. on. Yes. Like, what exactly are you talking that. about? Of course you're going to put so, Metroid if it is in the top three. So it's his top, can I have top four. four it's his top four. No, yeah, you can't can have, have a four. Top four list? No. Shit. Because I want to have a fourth if there's a fourth. I want to have well, a fourth. Well, all right, what's your fourth? Well, it was like Elden <laughs> oh, Ring. Oh, we need a fourth? Elden Ring. Elden Ring, okay. And then a game that's going to feature on both of my lists of my top five mm-hmm. uh, is Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, that's five now. 
Okay, well, he's five, wrecked five. it. Mike's wrecked it. Five. We'll do five. We'll do no. five. <laughs> Go, Mike. We'll Mike. do five. Okay, so ah. Metroid, of course. Is that number we'll one? We'll talk about that anymore. We know that. No, no. And Met- I don't have an order. Mine you said you, order you just like said like three yeah, minutes ago you're going to rank mind. it. And I know that I changed my mind again on changing my mind, but now I've changed my mind again on changing my mind on changing my mind. And I've gone back to no particular order. So new Metroid, obviously. He's thinking of this on the fly, and by the way. I'm not. No, no. I've, I've got them right here. How right, do, go, I, how go, do go, I, go. I point my camera to go, my go, thing? Go. Replaced. Really looking Ooh. forward to that one. Definitely in my top five. Uh, Forza looks amazing. Came out of nowhere. Wasn't really expecting another uh, Horizon game just yet. Yeah. The new Stalker game, of course. Really excited about that one. Hence the segue earlier on into it. The Stalker 2 game. And the last one is, of course, Elden Ring. I'm not going to say okay. it wasn't Elden Ring. Yeah. So that's five. So Elden Ring is the only one, right? That's so far as in... Oh, no, Metroid. Metroid Dread and Elden Ring. Metroid and okay. Elden Ring, yeah. All right. So now I've got five. I've got them. Okay, thank you. Ranked? Right. Are they ranked? Uh, yeah, they're ranked. Yeah, you're like so, me. You prepare. So the uh, highlights I've got, uh, Kazuya Mishima being announced for Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is awesome. Oh, I that love fifth? that. Oh, that's nice. fifth. The first. Okay, nice. fifth. You're working backwards. Cool. Uh, then Elden Ring. And uh, the reason why Elden Ring isn't higher is because, well, th- I've had years to be hyped about Elden yeah, Ring. Yeah. So it was great to see the awesome game gameplay, but it wasn't a new announcement, which is what the next three are. Yeah, so I was exactly point. the same yep, as you. Yep. I was exactly I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Same. Then I had Elix 2. Um, yep. As I said, like, I was so pumped about this. Um, it dropped like well after midnight and I was like planning on getting a little bit of sleep before we did like a reaction, I think, or something like that. And it was like, it just kept me up. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so pumped about this. Uh, next one is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. No mm. surprise that that no is surprise, one of no. my announcements of E3. I'm so pumped for that. I'm a huge fan of Salt and Dragon Keep mm-hmm. from Borderlands 2 and I'm currently playing through Borderlands 3, so it's very timely. I actually and- don't know what your number one is necessarily, but go on. My Castlevania. My number one is Metroid Dread. Oh, okay. okay. Why well, wouldn't it be? <laughs> no, no. Well, you're, you're like, you I know, sometimes you've got some interesting twist. stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, Usually you're, you have plot twists. It's good. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Metroid, so mm-hmm. I, this was possibly the best news that Nintendo could have announced for me. Um, so I love it. All right, now we'll do a top five for Big Wig. <laughs> no, a tier list. Bring the tier list back. I'm just bring it back. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so obviously, you know, Metroid Dread and Elden Ring yeah. are like, uh, you know, the top two. So, because I were yeah. covered on all. Uh, biggest disappointment. Uh, why don't we start with you, Mike, because you're the biggest disappointment on the show. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Wow. You're starting to sound like my mom. Actually, I was going to have uh, the Thug Life glasses overlay, <laughs> but, you know, I was only going to put it on me because I'm the only asshole on the show who does that kind of shit. So you prepared that that bit. <laughs> no, no, it was just live when, when I was looking at Biggest It was a word association thing. I saw Biggest Disappointment. Yeah, go on, Mike. Okay, so the biggest disappointment <laughs> for me would actually have to be Starfield. Mm, that's a good one. Reason being that we didn't really get to see gameplay or anything. It, it was just a, an FMV trailer, really, in the end. Uh, I'm not clear if that's the full engine. I don't know what the game is like to play. 
that's you know a good trailer not 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 a trailer trailer but a good reveal that is more than just here's a name for it or anything like that mm. shows a bit more and i was disappointed i didn't get that i just got an, an fmv where i went i still don't really know anything other I than think, it looks mm, pretty but i think it's very telling that my notes in the run sheet about starfield is the footage showed off someone in a spaceship yeah that's it <laughs> that's it like yeah. that was how that was it, it looks you know? great but i have no idea what what that even is is it even pre-rendered is it properly in game is it yeah yeah, yeah so no, anyway that was my disappointment how about you swinny so my biggest disappointment you guys wouldn't expect this is actually a lack of of something at the show and the Ooh. lack of can i guess uh, square no okay go. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to guess this all right Maybe more eurojank no, 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 no new Kemco games being announced. <laughs> Kemco Direct. <laughs> there was oh no Kemco Direct. The Kemco oh roadmap. <laughs> so Mike's not too far off, but oh, um, we didn't have any news at all about Deck 13 Interactive's next game. So they're the guys behind The Surge, The Surge 2. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. They've been Damn. working on a game mm. for the last two years. Mm. Um, it seems like it's a new IP from um, cool. some marketing materials we've seen um, uh, recently. And Sci-fi? Just went, well, what's this one set in? We don't know. We don't okay. know. So, By the way, I know I know you love sci-fi, Intergod, and you like Dark Souls. Try, uh, try the Surge. Really yeah. cool. So I'm kind of that was like it's something I didn't think about until after the sh- all the conferences. I'm like, mm. what is the one thing that I kind of felt would have made this C3 really special for me personally? It would have been hearing about Deck 13 next year. Mm. That's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. What about uh, yourself, Intergot? Yeah, for me, Not Half-Life Three. It's it feels like a bit counterintuitive what I'm going to say, but because I had it in my top five, but actually for me, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild was my big personal biggest disappointment of the show, and I think you know you guys can criticize or correct me, but I actually think I'm pretty realistic and fair most of the times when like games coming out, their release windows, how long they're going to take. And I'm just, I've, I've totally misread this game. You know, if you look at the history of the Zelda team, you know, how often they make games, the time period between games, and the fact that this is building on an engine already. Last time they did this, I think it was like a year and a half when it took to make a game in Majora's Mask. I just felt that, like, for sure this game would be coming out at most March 2022. And now it still could come out in March 2022. They said 2022 was the the aim and the release window, but just reading through the press release and Nintendo is so careful on how they draft these type of things. And they don't normally just go 2022. They would normally kind of give you a period of time at least with like they did with Splatoon three, uh, just, you know, sort of the first half of, um, 2022. It really mm. does make me, <clears throat> my kind of takeaway was I am not going to be shocked if this game is going to be like March, 2023, which is just like really sad for me because Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games of all time and I just want more of it and this game was going to do that and yeah, it was just a bit of a bummer when I was watching it and they said just 2022, even in a weird way, if they said holiday 2022, at least kind of narrows it down, but I don't know, it just really made me go, ugh. Man, you and, re- you and release dates is like mm. getting to you, isn't it? It's a stickler for a release what do you mean? date. I just think like, <laughs> like I, you know, it was I, I being unreasonable that I thought this game was going to come out within a year. 
No, I'm just surprised it's your biggest disappointment. That's well, all. it's just like I, I just had it in my head. Like, not that it was going to come out this year, but it's going to be like March 2022. And to me, that's like, that's a long time in between drinks, you know, for a team, especially where they're building on another game. Like, mm. March 2022 would have been five years since Breath of the Wild yep. came out. And normally they release games every do. five years. So Maybe they will do it just to line it they up. They could still, to be fair, yeah. to be fair. But it just felt the fact that they they said just 2022 and aiming for 2022, it's just like, whoa, okay, this is a 2022 Maybe they game. just... Yeah, there. I mean, I guess it's Nintendo. I, I, I don't really know their history with announcements and timelines, and whether they met those timelines all the time. But it feels like they're obviously in a position where they go, they don't know what's going to happen over the next year, how COVID's going to impact things, development yeah. timelines, etc. So they probably went, shit, put a bit of a buffer in there, but don't overstretch the buffer just in case we can't actually get it done in that time. So, eh. well, even well, well, the problem though is like this Zelda team has now got a history of slipping. So, like, you know, mm, Breath of the Wild okay. was meant to come out 2015, then 2016, and, like, for the Wii U, and then it slipped onto the Switch. Switch. Maybe they were holding it back, so they would go on the Switch as well. I but think they're waiting for the Switch too. Sorry, I didn't, you both spoke. Sorry, Swinny. Swinny, no, you go. What you said about Breath of the Wild, I think that's what it was. They just wanted to they just wanted to launch with the Switch, so that's why they pushed it back. Yeah, so. I think it slipped and then it got so close it was like, you know, it made no sense uh to just release it on Wii U first and then six months later on the Switch, but yeah. maybe they're waiting for the new Switch. So I guess maybe. To, maybe to wrap things up, maybe just an overall thought of E3. So for me <laughs> I I won't say this was a great E3, but I'm not as down on it as I think uh, a lot of I see a lot of people mm. are online. People saying E3 was a mess. The thing is, you think about it, people that go to E3, like the physical show, and they do all that stuff. I could see why this E3 as an online thing was a mess. But for the general, like you know, enthusiast, majority, yeah. Generally, the way we we get that stuff is we get it through the press conferences and the digital events, and there were actually more of them that probably we could watch this year. So something like limited run games, they would probably just have a an actual a stall set up at E3 normally. They probably wouldn't do an actual event. So I actually think we got to see more of that stuff and more mm. of the little things than we normally do. But I do understand that, you know, it, some people probably felt it was missing some massive new announcements, maybe on the Xbox side and stuff. So. I mean, PlayStation's not mm. there, which always sucks. So. You're never going to please everyone. There's always going to be people who, I don't know, for example, want a new Surge game and they don't announce it and they get disappointed. Yep. So I think it was, to me, it was really good overall. Good enough that we ended up staying up till like four. No, actually, when I was up that time, I was up till 5.30 a.m. or yeah, something. so was I. Watching stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's a testament to to it being a good one. I think overall, some really cool announcements, lots of games that I can clearly say I'm looking forward to and legit not eh, to the extent that I'm like, man, I will more than likely break my I'm not going to buy new games. Of course you're going to break it. There's no chance it's so, going to last a whole well, year. It's been, it's been pretty good so far. And you know what? You know what? Since we're really quickly <laughs> well, on the topic. We keep talking about it. Like You've a actually month bought a, a game whatever. in that period of time. That wasn't a game. Shut up. The... It's been an amazing opportunity to go through the backlog and I highly recommend mm. you guys try this because you actually get a chance to play all these games that you've had for so long that you were excited by, you know, a year ago 
like Metro. I was so damn excited when that was announced. I bought it. I bought like this the special edition on 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 the first day on both Xbox and, and PC down the track as well. And I was really excited. And I never played it. Uh, like, Integrate, man. Integrate. Your overall thoughts. We've got to wrap this <laughs> up. Winnie's giving you yes, the yes, wind-up yes. message. I'm uh, getting the hook. Yeah, he's, he's hungry. hungry. He's hungry. <laughs> uh, I am. Look, I, like, am. I, I keep saying this all the time. I think that E3 as a concept of trying to announce everything at once has kind of had its day. I think gaming is so big now. They can mm. easily stretch this out over the year, kind of like what they did because it just forced them to do it last year. And I think that worked better overall in terms of announcements. Uh, but having said that, it was really fun. Like, it's always cool to have kind of a festival-type atmosphere of something where you're just bringing everyone together, even if it's digital, and just getting a hell of a lot of announcements done. I think uh, Microsoft, it was their best show at E3 ever. You know, I went back and sort of looked at some of the other shows and, you know, it was pretty close to the <clears throat> Don Matrick, you know, Xbox One announcement. You know, that might be the best ever, but... Obviously a joke. Um, that didn't land. But, uh, yeah, like, and Nintendo's one was really cool. And just overalls, it was, they were really cool. And the one thing that I'm going to find interesting next year is the whole Summer Games Fest. Because I think that as a concept is really cool. But I'm just not sure if it really stuck this year. felt like even when people were talking about it, they, they were describing it as E3. Like, oh, it, the Elden Ring E3 announcement. I'm like, that's a bit unfair. Fun- the funny thing is I was watching Jeff Keighley talk and he's like, oh, well, we're not technically part of E3, but we're kind of, you know, it's part of the summer. Like even he struggled mm. to explain the relationship or non-existent relationship there. It's almost like just just kiss and make up, just, just well, work together on this stuff. <laughs> and to go into the weeds of it just really quickly, Swinney, he was co-streaming, you know, like streaming and mm. commenting or whatever, uh, the E3 presentation, and then he got a letter from their lawyers or an email from their lawyers saying he has to cease doing that because he was co-streaming E3 on the Summer Games Fest Game Awards channel. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, yeah, like it, the whole thing, a bit messy, a bit weird. And the whole co-streaming thing was really weird. Like we were at the last minute going, are we going to co-stream the Nintendo one? Because Nintendo Japan said, to at least in Japanese, don't co-stream it. Now, I just took that as that's Nintendo Japan for Japanese streamers, but I don't know. It's so weird. It's but the yeah. most ridiculous stance because it only helps the reach. It's, it's just... Yeah, totally. It's, it's free advertising. It's freaking insane. It's like, here's my ad. Do not put your my ad on your billboard. It's like, well, like yeah. what? Like, are you kidding me? I get it when they talk about their games. That's a, that's a different topic. I know where most people have landed on that, but if it's a story-driven game primarily, I kind of understand why people don't like that. But, yeah, overall, right, E3 was really cool. I liked it. All right, let's mm-hmm. all take a deep... Oh, let's just all <laughs> relax. We can like unwind our shoulders. E3 is over. We yeah, can now stretching return. exercise, roll the now, shoulders. We can now return to our normal boring shows. Yeah. Well, also, like, we've done... <laughs> sleeping patterns. How many hours of, like, podcasting, streaming this week even? It was, like, two hours, three hours today. Then it was, like, two hours for the Xbox show and like, an hour then for the Nintendo one. we had to push forward the recording for kind of crazy. Other people get paid for this stuff. <laughs> I know. We're yeah, just enthusiasts. We're insane people. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, so next week, uh, we're actually, uh, sorry, midweek, we are doing the game of some other year, 2011 Determination that we recorded pre-E3. So that's coming out on the 23rd of June. And then next week, we will be picking the next game of some other year that we're going to be doing. We've changed the format. 
we're going to actually cover all the games and then do the determination over Christmas. I think we'll probably do some, you know, big awards uh, at the end of the year as well. So game of the year stuff, although Swinny won't be able to comment on any of the PlayStation stuff, which are probably the top six likely. Um, so it's going to be just me and Mike picking what the best games are. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll do the other awards. It's all good. Yeah. All the, yeah, anyway. Um, and the one thing I will call out on the game of some of the year, we are kind of moving through the decades. So we've already covered the 2010s with 2011. Uh, and this this one will be the 90s. So feel free to post in the comments what you think, what year it should be. I've already got one in mind, and I think it's going to get heated between me and Swinney. If you, man- if you manage to make it through three hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> reach out to us if you've done that. We will. Swinney will send you an Xbox gift card because as a, the official Hall of Fame member, Dude, he has access no. to that. <laughs> no, that is not happening. Well, someone reaches out to us and they've reached this point, you should do it, I reckon. The first person to do it. Let's limit it. <laughs> as always, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Big Wig Pod on uh, most of your social services or hit us up in the YouTube comment. With that, bye-bye. Ah, ciao.